I had to shake him on my last case, Big O don't play. All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of the Musky Hunks podcast. I'm one of your four hosts this evening, Ryan Reed. We may or may not have a swinky, but we have three other hunks on the on the line here tonight, and we have another special guest. And with that said, let's go ahead and introduce the hunks, and then we'll kind of get into our discussion for tonight. So first and foremost, we have on the phone, Mr. Nate, but it. But a Chesky. Love the show. <laughs> How's things going over in the uh, Napod household? <laughs> Horrific. <laughs> no, so it's just you, normal. Did you did you survive the uh the weekend of, of single dadhood? Yeah, I did. Kinda. I mean, we survived. I'm still here. It's good to see. See, everything goes better when it's single dad mode. In my house. I'm not gonna say that real loud, but Dude, I'll, you have I'm one. Gonna, if I wink, that's correct. Dude, you have one. Wait until uh, wow. I remember. I remember the first time Mary went away and left me with all three. Woo! It probably helps. It was like that... the, the whole weekend was like. Imagine the first ten minutes of sa- like Saving Private Ryan. That's pretty much like my, my entire weekend was like. <laughs> it helps that Wade can't complain, can't voice any complaints, so. Ryan, you like my hat tonight? I was trying to see what that says. It says Dorn Dorn Tackle. I wore that for uh, Chaos Justin. Shout out to to all the Madison guys. (laughs) It's good to see your smiling face. I will say Gary is looking like he might have seen better days over there. He he got the worst of the weekend. I'll say that. Yeah, looks like it. We also have on the call tonight, Mr. Nick. Good evening. Good evening. <laughs> I, I do have a question for you. I want to know how many times people have come up to you in recent shows and said, Hey, Feesler. Almost none. Oh, that's not surprising <laughs> considering we have five listeners. Except for the, except for the young have, lady from Irwin Bay Cottages. Yeah, there might have been like one or two. Uh, at the New York show. Yeah, that's still something. I don't know. I, I tried to start a trend years ago and it hasn't stuck yet. It's good to see you calling in from the Jay-Z video. We're You're excited welcome. to have you back. I'm excited to be here. <clears throat> All right. We also have on the phone, Mr. Owen Seaman and Big O's Bucktails. Good evening, gentlemen. I hope everyone's doing well here tonight. Uh, excited for this one. We get to 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 shine a spotlight on our favorite show, and and man, I'm I'm starting to get pumped up for this one. Yeah. So let's get into this because you know we've talked about it a lot on here. You know, I think all of us, anybody that's listening in our local area, knows like it's time, right? Like it is. It is time. This is we're in show season and. I would say like I always I always call it like the Super Bowl. Yeah, for us. like our our Super Bowl, yeah. <clears throat> like our Super Bowl is Musky Max. And for all the local guys, they know like how how much we talk about the show. You guys know how much this stuff means to me. Like I love Musky Expos. 
And it's one of those things where we are like, what, two, three, two weeks out, three weeks, something like that. So there's a lot of anticipation building. And this is kind of our time to get somebody on that really is heavily involved with all of this um, and talk about the show. So that's what we're going to do tonight. And before we get into that, <clears throat> I want to just say a couple things. I did. I told the boys I took a, a few notes on this. Nothing spectacular because I'm not great at this. Everybody knows I struggle. But the individual that we have on the phone tonight, <clears throat> he's the owner of the Core 3 Group, marketing and branding guru, well-known around our Pittsburgh area. He's also the host of the Boss Juice podcast. Had to throw this out here. I, I listened to my first Boss Juice podcast episode recently, It's like this week. I got to say, I love it. I love the format. Took me a minute to kind of get into it because I'm so used to listening to fishing content, but it was like, I really, that's something I want to talk about here tonight and, and kind of plug that because I think for guys in our local area, for people in our local area, that's got some, some really cool story to it. It's a good listen. So host of the Boss Juice podcast. I'm also going to call this individual the father of the musky max. Mm. How do we feel about that? Our, right. our, our beloved Muskie Expo here in Western Pennsylvania. And that individual is none other than Sean Leopardi. So Sean, man, thank you again for coming on here tonight and talking a little Muskie Max with us. Let's get this guy going. Let's go. A little, little welcome clap. I'll tell you what, I could not wait to get it on here tonight because it's always so much fun with you guys. And the other thing about the build up to Muskie Max is um, I get to see so many people I don't typically bump into throughout the year. And I think that's, you know, that's pretty common amongst a lot of people. Um, in fact, I hear that so many times, like, man, I can't wait to get there to see so-and-so we haven't, you know, we haven't hooked up for so long and and maybe they saw each other on a leg somewhere or something like that, but it's really cool. And it's, it's been, um, it's been a really great ride with Muskie Max and I want to continue, you know, moving forward and, and you go through these evolutions, you know, there's, there's, there's change this year that everybody knows, you know, um, and we're going to share information tonight with the new venue and a new format and things like that. And I got to tell you, I'm, I'm very excited about this show for a lot of different reasons. Um, it's just a different kind of vibe this year. I mean, even like on our, um, on our website and social media, I do a lot of asks because we do a lot of paid reach and this year in particular, um, I didn't put as much, I put a pretty significant amount in the paid reach, but um, the results this year are just ridiculously good. Um, our website traffic is way up. Um, and you figure when we do paid reach, these are people that don't know us. They don't know me, you know, and it's, it's not a friend checking in. These are people that, that found us. They have a mutual interest with, uh, with the sport or fishing in general, or whatever the case might be. They want to learn and they want to have some fun, but there's a lot of big asks there. We're asking them to, to find us and ask us, asking them to hop on over to the website and, and if you're if you're inclined to do so, give us your email so you can get on our mailing list and things like that. And that's how I track everything. And it's just been tremendous this year. Um, that's all I can say. So many people I've never heard of, don't recognize um, so many. There's probably been 600 new um, check-ins uh, alone just on just on the website feeding us their email address, which I thought wow. was really cool. 
Yeah. Well, that's cool. Well, so yeah. let's start like right from uh, like, you know, I guess I would say the elephant in the room, if, mm-hmm. if they would, and that is that there's a big change in venue, you know, Musky Max for the past, uh, what, three, three iterations, three or, yeah. three or four years have been at Printscape. And, you know, we all kind of fell in love with the atmosphere at Printscape, honestly, because it was enclosed. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't in a hotel, you know, you, you, you felt there was a lot more of an open atmosphere than in a hotel ballroom or a conference room. And it was really cool to have that dedicated space that was just like, you walk into a hockey rink and holy shit, it's not a hockey rink. It's musky baits. It's like, you know, that's such a cool thing. You're on that nice turf all day long. Like there were a lot of things that you really got to like about it. But it's my understanding that Printscape basically said, hey, listen, we're going to turn that into a different different surface. Like they, they made that, an, that they made the soccer field an ice rink, right? Yeah. So it was like the day after uh, the event. And I always do like a um, post event follow up meeting with with whom wherever we're hosting any event that I host. I do the same exact thing. I'm super methodical in that way. But I want to I want to talk to the the people I'm conducting business with and um, talk about what went really well, things we can improve upon, you know, the following year. And so the day after Muskie Max, you know, the pipe and drape guys are there taking the 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 last of the items out of there. And, you know, it looks like an explosion of cardboard and plastic and rubber and zip ties um happened after musky max is over when when everything is out of there it's hilarious because there's so much just stuff left there so we we clean up everything get out of there so anyhow the monday morning comes along and i i come to find out that hey we're not going to be renewing for 2024 i'm wondering what's going on here and i find out that they've already got plans to convert both sides over to ice there's such a big demand for hockey and, yeah. and you, you got to realize if you've got any kids or, or if you've been in the sport, ice time is a premium. I mean, yeah. you really can't get it. So I understand what they're doing. And, you know, these, a lot of these different venues, you know, I think many of them have, um, they haven't been remodeled. They haven't done a lot of updates here and there. So by the time they get around to doing that, it's a major cost. You know, it's a major expense, major investment. And um, so, you know, they, they said, hey, we're not going to be able to do Musky Max anymore. And even if they could, even if we could, and they, they could bring in a, a, a turf cover, a flooring or something like that, yeah. it wouldn't be available till like end of April, beginning of May, somewhere in there. And they just, I think they were just doing that to appease me to see if there was any type of interest. But I needed, I knew I needed to get on the horse and go find a place. So honestly, when I start to look for a venue, there are so many different things and so much that I've learned. I mean, since the first Musky Max, um, as far as like location, accommodations, uh, lodging, parking, lighting, how safe is the the area oh, yeah. around there? How easy is it for attendees to get in and out of there? And also for my exhibitors, I don't want this to be a monumental task for them to try to get product in and out of there. Um you know, I want, I, there's just so many little checklist items that need to be met, including cost and things like that. 
So, you know, some of the really nice hotels with big ballrooms and stuff, they're just cost prohibitive. They want to do weddings and, and big events that can command a ridiculous Right. price for, for a weekend. That's just not how it was. So, you know, I'm tasked with right after that, starting to look. And like I said, I looked at probably 12 to 15 different places from even like the, you know, the big, um, uh, the domes that are um, pressurized. Yeah. There, there's, you know, North Like Park. uh they have those on like Neville Island down there and Yeah. So, so they yep. have these and you can get vehicles in and out of there and things like that because it's pressurized chambers. But if we're trying to bring a boat being pulled by a truck in, it just doesn't fit in the chamber. You got to close one side, lock it down, bring the vehicle in, shut the other side, open it. It just becomes too much, man. I mean, even for the exhibitors to get in and out of there. And then a lot of those places, they don't have enough parking. And then they say, yeah, but you know what? We could get shuttle buses. And so can you imagine trying to shuttle bus people into Yeah. muscle packs? So, you know, With I just, with 10 foot rods in their hands. oh <laughs> right. my goodness. And nets Can you imagine and how we would and do it? yeah, absolutely not. Yeah. We'd need like a flatbed 58 foot long trailer to pull people in and out of there. But So just to just to ask you, it's been in the news lately. Like I live in Monroeville and we we literally it just hit that the Monroeville Convention Center is shutting down. Like none. and and any shows that were booked after June first, they're basically saying, "Hey, tough shit, you're you're out of luck." <laughs> it's the And truth. and and you know, in in living in Monroeville, it's it's crazy. I start looking at the at the statistics of how many people come to Monroeville because of the Monroeville Convention Center, and it's something crazy. Like you know, forty five thousand hotel stays a year. You know, it's like, well, what is going to happen when 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 we lose this place? You know, like it's now going to be a freaking Hobby Lobby. You don't Hobby think that's Lobby ain't gonna ain't gonna generate any uh, hotel You don't think that's sales gonna draw and that's gonna draw them right in? you know. I'm telling you, man. I, I, so many people don't think all the ancillary things that are impacted, the corner stores, the beer places, gasoline. I mean, Yep. all these different things. And then, oh, and you mentioned like lodging. You know, all those hotel rooms, and that just has to be such a huge kick in the Double butt. tree. There's a double tree right next door that I'm thinking to myself has to be out of business within three years. Well, hopefully that's not the case. And, and You heard you know, it here, folks, but seriously. I'm willing to bet that. Uh, and, you know, Monroeville Mall is already turning into a ghost town, just like, you know, Pittsburgh Mills was. I mean, it's it's like. Man, shit like this just isn't isn't helping. You need events. You need stuff. You need things that bring people to areas, you know. And and so so what did you know? Did you look at Monroeville Convention Center when you when, when you did Yeah. this or is that too big? No, you know what? I contacted them several times and there was no even reach back. So I'm wondering if they already knew Yeah, why I'll. continue booking things for a year out when they already know. Because I thought that was really odd that I wasn't getting phone calls back because I'm a nice person. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> Yeah. No, I'm kidding. Thing is, if somebody wants to conduct business with you and you're reaching out to them, they're going to follow up and, you know, try to make something work one way or the other. But so anyhow, Right. I um, was doing this big search and and finally, oh, one of the things that happened was right after Muskie Max, there's um, a nice guy that I met who um, hosts these sports card and memorabilia shows. And he's done that for years and um, very successful. And I didn't realize the, how popular 
that side of it was. Now, Enzo, as you know, my son, he's he's collecting cards now and things like that. He's getting more serious about it. And I think Dan Lutton and and uh, and Ryan uh, gave him a little boost last year too to even increase his, his interest, which was really cool. And I, he really appreciated that. But anyhow, um, Printscape um, told him, hey, listen, sorry, you're not going to be able to host your card show here. So he found Washington Crown Center. And I didn't know this guy or anything like that, but I thought a sports card show down there. I'll take Enzo and let's let's check it out. Let's see what's going on down there. So I, I looked at the layout and I thought, you know, just like any mall, any area, um, th they're going through changes and everything like that. And that whole retail model, in my opinion, is all broken um, just because of the way we shop. Uh, you know, we're consumers and we expect everything right now and the, all the selection I want on my doorstep the next day, that kind of stuff. So, you know, it, not entirely dead, but, uh, you know, it's a big ask um, for these malls. But so I go in there and I check things out and at Washington Crown Center. And it's like about five miles away from where Printscape was. But here's the thing. It was right off of I-70 and 79. So easy access. I thought, okay, cool. Then I wanted to check out on my own parking situation and things like that. How does this work? You know? And um, then I met the, the general manager there and I really liked her. Um, we kind of hit it off and super accommodating. And she said, Hey, let's just see if we can make this thing work. And I said, I I'm open to trying um, something here. And, and I had an original thought where we're going to do this, um, this big corridor. We're going to occupy a massive amount of space in the corridor of the mall. And um, we were going to go that route. And then within so the is that, is that what the, the memorabilia show was like? Was it in the corridor or where was the memorabilia yeah, the, show? So, so the sports cards show, there's about 300 exhibitors and they take up just table space. They don't do pipe and drape and all the fancy stuff, yeah. but yeah, they get, um, they get several thousand people through there that are sports card fanatics and shirts and autographs and all the other kind of stuff. But yeah, it was from one end to the other. That mall was full of tables and it was pretty cool. So um, they just had one a couple of weeks ago and I took Enzo back and actually, honestly, the, I think the first time he hosted it there was probably half the size of what it was recently. So I think a year ago there was probably 150 to 200 tables. There were 300 plus now. And that, that place, it was packed. It was, and all the exhibitors, they said, man, it's really nice um, from a maintenance standpoint, things like that. The the maintenance people at the Washington Crown Center, great to work with. So, you know, that just kept padding my thoughts about how this can work. And I thought, well, then from a marketing standpoint, you got to get, you got to get hustling on that side too. But, but anyhow, I like the venue for different reasons. Um, and honestly, guys, there's, there's drawbacks to every time you're trying to plan something like this. There's, there's, there's give and take. In well, it's the classic. Record. You're never going to make everyone happy. And the moment oh, yeah. you try to make everyone happy, you're, you've, you've, you've screwed it all up. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you have to pick a bit, you have to have your vision and you have to say, this is what it's going to be. Some people are going to be kind of, you know, not used to it. It might, but this is the first year for it. So everyone's going to have to kind of roll with the punches and you're in charge. So I hate the whole like trying to make everybody happy type yeah. of shit in this type of situation. I, well, I think there's there is something to be said for being comfortable too, because like, and Printscape, like I've been I've been going to Max for enough years now. Like, 
I've seen the hotels in Cranberry and Moon Township and Muskie, you know, at that Princecape. And like every year you seem to have like, it almost feels like you got kicked in the nuts quite a bit with some of these venues, you know, like changing on you. Cause I'm, I know there was an, there was an issue with a hotel too, that in Cranberry, I think, didn't they turn that into a, uh, some kind of a personal care home or something like that? I think with the, with the early on, like the double tree, yeah, it was a four point share and it converted over to a double tree, right? And honestly, like two weeks before Muskie Max was going to launch and we had been marketing it as the four point share, you know, all of a sudden I find I'm like, when, when in the hell were you people going to let me know that it's going to be called something different? So all of a sudden I got to do everyone's going to be like, driving rapid, around looking for oh, one thing. rapid fire damage control and letting yeah. people know the venue's not changing, only the name. And then no matter how much you try <laughs> And put information out, people will still say, okay, well, the name's changed. Where's it going to be then? Yeah. Listen, don't ask. The, it's, the address is staying the same. Name change. That's it. Yeah. But, just, but anyhow, uh, so there were challenges all along. Yeah. Right. And I think with Printscape, like, man, we all just got real comfortable real fast. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it just like you fell in love with that whole thing, like the veranda Ooh. and everything. So, right. you know, with that said, though, like, it's, these people, like people that get, I don't want to say riled up, but like, it's hard for us. We, some of us aren't easy, easy with change, mm-hmm. right? Like change is a hard thing for us. And like, I'm telling you, Sean, like this show means a lot to this, to a lot to this, of people, to a lot of people. Yeah. And that's the thing, like that, that's that fire and passion and like love for this thing. And I think that's the hard part is like, there's just people feel uneasy. Cause it's like, Oh man, we had a home at Princecape and it was mm. a beautiful weekend. And it's like change happens. And now it's like, Oh God, what's going to happen. You know what I mean? Well, and that's, that's part well, of it. It's funny people, because good, good. Oh, as I say, I just think people weren't able to recover first Akersher, then Princecape. And it's just, <laughs> they didn't have time to heal. Seriously. <laughs> well, honestly, when I was starting to figure out how we're going to do this, I had to sit, re- sit down and really think hard. Like, what would the musky hunks do? And that's how I started to map this whole thing out around you guys. But, but no, seriously, you, we did had you to search, take a look at search Mac bid locations. Yeah, did so you start Googling things. stuff? <laughs> but the uh, I think it's going to be a great show. I'm really looking forward to this. And the, the feedback, when I started explaining things to the exhibitors early on, and to, hey, we're changing, we're changing you got to communicate with people. And I made phone calls to pretty much everybody. And that's, it's the same way when the pandemic hit and we had to make that unfortunate decision right at the last second to postpone in what 2020 or whatever year it was. Yeah. You know, my thing was I'm a people person uh, for the most part, but I, I want to, I want to be in communication with people and let them know what is going on. So, um, you can I can't stop the rumor mills and everybody's opinions about everything. And I've had people say to me, Well, I don't know if I was going to become an exhibitor this year because of all the bad things everybody was saying. Well, I'm I'm not hearing a lot of bad things to my face. I mean, but if people are upset or whatever, please pick up the phone anytime. If there's I'm not I'm 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 as reasonable as they come. I'm a logical person too. But I just want people to know this is gonna be a great show. For one thing, the place has been super accommodating. The marketing program seems to be working really well. One of the things that I didn't know too about with Printscape 
because I didn't hear this side of it from people, but they were saying how bad parking was. Me being inside that. Yeah, I I did hear that. Actually, I, 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 that's a good point because I, it's so easy for us as vendors. You park in the back, you're there early. There's no issues. You know, you don't even see the issues out front, but if you think about Printscape, there's like no parking out front. It's only down the sides and you have also all the hockey families with, you know, the minivan moms taking up two parking spots, you know, you know, and man, yeah, it ran out of, they ran out of parking real quick there. I didn't realize that. But again, to your point, Owen, you, you know, everybody's, we're, we're there early and we're in. I'm not planning on leaving until the day is done. So all the traffic coming in and out of there and people trying to find places in between hockey families, like you mentioned. Um, so, you know. I think that we've got like almost four times the amount of parking at the new place. It's within eye shot of 70. I mean, you can, you can see it from the highway. It's easy to get in and out of there. Um, But the the same thing is it's, it's one of those older malls, you know, but it's an older mall with, here's the difference. It's the people, the general manager, they're trying to make everything come together and being super accommodating for us. So I started saying about the the corridor. Yeah, yeah, you you were talking about the corridor. I wanted to use that, and I was going to put each exhibitor back-to-back. Picture the pipe and drape right down the middle of the the hallway with exhibitors facing each storefront, okay? And then walking space in between those so people can navigate and get to where they want to be without having to walk, you know, uh, 150 yards to get to the next side. And I think that was really going to work out. And then I had a couple of people said, well, what about security? Because what if our stuff gets stolen? I said, well, responsibility is a two-way street. My responsibility is I will hire from the time the show ends on Saturday at 5 p.m. And everybody kind of lingers around and things like that anyhow. But the mall isn't a late mall. It closes at 7 p.m. So that two-hour-ish window I was already hiring extra security just to man the corridors and keep an eye on everything. And I was planning on being there too. But I told, um, I told Ryan, I was at a podcast um, festival in Orlando a few weeks ago. And uh, the general manager. Man, the hunks didn't get invited to that. What the hell is going on here? The thing is you've got to be an elite (laughs) podcast group to be <laughs> my technology the, the hunks have not cracked the hunks are not ready to crack any ceilings here okay yeah. <laughs> hey it was a lot of fun actually it was pretty cool but um i wanted to learn about monetization and i'm sure you guys are interested in all that too but anyhow i get a call and say, and say hey, hey there's some vacated space retail space that's pretty large if you're interested and I said, I absolutely want to see this like right away, because if I could retrofit this floor plan that I already did for this corridor, if I can get it inside and we can have our Musky Max area again, sort of self-contained, I think that'd be really cool. So I walk up, I met the maintenance guys there. They got out the keys and everything. It was one of those big stainless, super secure roll up gates. That it's at the entrance of pretty much every retail store that you see in a mall when they're closed. 
So unlock this bad boy. And I walked in there and I said, man, I think I can make this work. And the, one of the cool things too, there's extra storage for me. There's office space in the back. It was about 16,000 square feet, something like that. Printscape Arena was 17,000 square feet. Yeah, I was going to ask that. Like, what, what was the interior space of, of Printscape? It's the size of a hockey rink. So if you do the math, it's about 17,000 square feet. However, we had some wide open space that we could have occupied with other things. We had a couple boats in there. We had a couple trucks in there, too. So the way that I'm going to do it this year is... I want to put the vehicles in the corridor in front of where our Muskie Max entrance is into our secure space. So the, so the space is not an issue anymore. Even though it's about a thousand square feet less, there's other advantages like within our space too. And keep this a secret. Don't tell anyone. Um, there's a couple restrooms in the back end of this area. <laughs> and actually I want to put the next tier bank kid spot closer to the restrooms i'm a father with right. and i had young kids at one time i know how nice it is to be able to get them to a restroom in and out they have changing stations in these in these little uh restrooms and stuff like that too so those were just things that in the back of my mind i'm thinking man this is this is actually kind of cool i like this idea um we can have our music like in the mall corridors i don't think we could do the things that i enjoy doing like when i MC the event and we're calling raffles and announcing when this next speaker is coming up and, and things like that. There were just, I think in a big open space, like a, a mall corridor, there's less that you can do like that. Doesn't mean it's a terrible thing. You just have to modify and, and you know, do the things that you need to do. But I think because we have this space now secured, um, I'm setting it up. I've already begun setup. So I think we're, we're going to be in really good shape. I think it's really cool. Now, you talked about, um, you know, vendors and kind of getting feedback. Did the change in venue have any kind of like negative, like where people are like, nah, like I'm out? Or, or did people seem pretty reasonable and saying like, hey, I'm willing to work with you and we're going to try this out? Yeah. So great question. I think that there were, um, I would say, 99% of the exhibitors I spoke with um, said, hey, this is kind of a cool thing because um, new formats, sometimes things get a little bit stale because you're doing the same thing over and over again for X amount of years. And uh, consistency is a good thing. Don't get me wrong. But also, you know, I like to switch it up a little bit too. Uh, there's an inner, there's a little Variety bit of is the spice of life, value. Sean. Come on. Yeah, seriously. Seriously. <laughs> I like to make it fun for people and entertaining. I want to make it memorable. I want them to walk away with a really good feeling and say, man, this was worth my, this was worth it to get in there. And I got to see people and I learned something and walked away. You, the other thing is too about Western Pennsylvania. There are so many people that are new to the sport. It's ridiculous how many new people are checking in while I've been setting up there doing little things here and there, taking measurements. I've had, you know how they have the mall walkers walking around all the time. I've had some of these more senior guys stop in and say, hey, what are you putting in here? And I said, well, this is the Muskie Max. And we've had before Christmas, we've had big 22 by 28 marquee posters put up throughout the mall and little placards and things like that. Just because around the holidays, there's a lot of foot traffic and eyeballs, okay? So I wanted to get some, at least plant some seeds right there. Every person that walked up, they're like, 
we're coming to this. I already told my son I'm bringing him, you know, and all these things. So we'll see who shows up. But here's the thing. In a private venue like we had before at Printscape, I feel like that was our musky maxer crowd. And that was pretty much the same people every year. But we drew, we would draw in some new ones. But I think with this opportunity now, especially for people like yourself, Owen, who, you know, you've got a product to sell. Um, this is new foot traffic. This is foot traffic that has never heard of musky mac. So many of these people are have never musky fished. And I'm thinking like, man, talk about opportunity. Rods, reels, trips, gear, tackle, you know, everything that these people need to get started, including a little bit of an education. It's so cool when people ask these questions at the seminars and and walk away a little bit smarter than when they walk through the door. Um, and their wallet's a little thinner when they leave too, you know, so it works. That's what, that's such a huge benefit too, just having the space, you know, unoccupied ahead of time for setup and tear, you know, that sort of thing that you're not yeah. uh, constrained. And, and, and to, look, to be totally honest, you know, the main complaints that people were, were that I was hearing as far as vendor concerns was safety concerns, you know, was was okay if all of our stuff is going to be out in the in the middle of of the you know of of the mall like what's going to happen when we come back and something happens because it's if i'm not mistaken i wasn't at the new york show in 2022 but someone like had their freaking whole trailer stolen you know like like you know like something unimaginable i mean and we can all say hey listen that would never happen yada 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 but it's like it's a real concern for for guys. And so to hear now that that, listen, it's now in a dedicated area, I think that right there alleviates so many of the concerns that that I had heard. Well, you you used the word safety and I'm thinking safety and security. I want people's products to be secure. But then from a safety standpoint, like even at Printscape, I was always the first one there in the mornings. And a couple of the mornings, I don't know how or where the kids came in through, they were running through parts of uh, the our, our side of it that we were occupied. They had to be the hockey kids. And I didn't, I'm not going to scream and yell at people, but I said, listen, guys, you can't be in here. This I show's start whooping open. little kids' asses, Sean. Be like throw, sure? throwing elbows and shit. Like you can't I be just, running around with all these hooks. Uh, I'd just rather fight their dads. But anyhow, <laughs> <laughs> I'll take the kids. The thing is, you take the kids, I'll take the dads. I'm not fighting their moms. Their moms are, uh, uh, especially hockey moms. Anyhow, they're all great. Um, no, but seriously, though, with all these big treble hooks and things like that, I don't want people running through anywhere and, uh, you know, an accident happens or whatever. Um, there's just so many different things. Now that we've got, this is, the, it's, I feel like it's almost like the best of both worlds. We've got public foot traffic and access but we've got a secure space for us now. And I'm happy about that. So let's see. We're going to see how it goes. A couple of yeah. weeks. Will you end up, will you have two entrances then? One from the mall side and one from outside? No. So what happens is um, there are like six different access points, access points for people coming to the mall. I can't reroute them, but there's going to be enough signage where they're going to know where Muskie Max is. You know, it's not like a Vegas show where you takes you four days to walk through something um, and actually see everything. It's a small venue. 
it's a musky max is a small show but we've got a lot of enthusiasm we've got a lot of really loyal um attendees and just by i started out this this interview with you guys talking about the traffic on the website and social media has been ridiculous um which you know we're we we launched a campaign on froggy 104.3 uh it started on the 9th it runs through the 29th we put the full color you know magazine ads in like we typically do we've got email lists um on site within the mall area we've distributed the you know the signage and the placards and and all these other different things so you know you can't just hit it from one angle when you're trying to do these promotions there's so many different ways that you can market and um, just so many opportunities to get the word out and that we're trying to hit them all the clubs the three rivers muskies inc and the ohio um husky musky club yep. those guys are amazing the men and women in those clubs as far as getting information out about the show and and bringing people in it's incredible so i can't be that's, more more happy to be associated with those groups that's one of the few emails i get that i actually read <laughs> it's hit that delete button all the time. I, so I got so with the okay so with the change there and having right. the dedicated space, I got a couple of questions that were asked to me, and these are some things that like I was thinking about even you know when you were talking about the corridor scenario, and like there's all this there's all this other stuff that goes into setup right. So like from a vendor standpoint, guys bringing in baits, gear, setting up their booths. Like, is there, is there options for like carts? And then like, what are we doing with tables, you know, like chairs and stuff like that? Cause we, you know, with, with Printscape, that was like easy peasy. Well, it's, it's easier peasier now because the tables and chairs are already in there. They're in a pile, in a, in a stack. Right. Um, here's the thing. I come from a big Italian Six family. foot tables or eight foot tables. Um, I think it's a combination of both. There were some six, okay. but probably mostly eight. Just from uh, just from a vendor standpoint, because a lot of people make those custom skirts for tables, and if it, yeah. you know, if it, if you, if you make them for eight foot, and they show up and they're six foot tables, right. it can throw you off. Well, I think they got an opportunity here where they can first come first serve, grab a table. But here's the other thing too, Owen. So many of the people have their own custom setups; they don't even want the tables. But my thing is, like I was starting to say, I come from a big Italian family, and. Anytime you host an event, you want to have tons of food, so you're never going to run out. It's the same logic. Having the tables and chairs, I'm paying for more than probably what we need, but I want to make sure that we're covered and and we have we have an ample supply there. And Ryan, where where you were going with the last question about bringing product in and and out and things like that, so I kept thinking about that too. Um, here, the space that we're occupying on um, at the at the back end of that space, there's like a, a not a not a not a performance staging area, a product staging area. Like when um, it was a Joey and Fabric at one time, so you can imagine when they had product delivered, big boxes, they got to cut everything open and start. Well, there's an area back there with big double doors on the back side. So the exhibitors, I'm going to direct them to the back side. They could park on the back side start bringing the products in. So it's going to be, um, instead of, you know, wheeling, depending on where your space assignment is in a big corridor and trying to figure that out. Now everybody's going to come through 
pretty much one area on the backside, get right to your space. So you, there's not a lot of walking. There's not a ton of walking. As far as a bunch of carts and things like that, I know they've got a handful. I always have my own dolly for everything that I do anyhow, because with like next to your bank, being a sponsor for the kids spot, there's all the snacks and drinks and everything like that. I, I got to, you know, haul all that stuff in now too. I, that's just how it's always been. So yeah. Yeah. No, that's awesome, man. I mean, that's the type of thing, you know, you think about like, go ahead, Nick, I won't, I got other questions, but I'll, I'll come back to you first. Mine's a dumb question. Anyway, have you, have you scouted out what the best uh, pizza shop that delivers to the event center? Hmm. I I haven't, you know, it was frequent. So with the marketing, I did do a lot of business with, um, I did a considerable amount of business with uh, some places in Washington, PA, but as far as the pizza place goes, we're going to have to see if we can we can uh, get somebody hooked up. However, this is important. Smoking Days Barbecue is back. Oh. Ooh. You guys Where's remember, or have you been around long enough to remember at the Doubletree when Smoking Dave's set up inside? You now, is that, is that the same Smoking Dave's in like Elwood City? It's the one. Oh, man. Yeah. That so is, what happened? He, he oh said okay, so let me hear a little bit more about the Smoking Dave's guy. <laughs> <laughs> he, Smoking Dave's, they're they're number one. They're they're one of my clients for one thing, and they're, they're there's more to that whole story. But I will tell you, as far as their brisket and everything that comes out of that place, it is incredible. It's the best brisket I ever had. I mean, is so, it? Are they going to be on site or like? They're going to be on site. Yeah, they're going to be on site. So here's the thing. When they were at the Doubletree, the guys from out of state loved their product so much that they were ordering brisket by the pound to go. So when they left on Sunday, they had coolers with um, with barbecue in it. That was pretty cool. So Dave and I, um, we've been talking about this for a while. And the Dave, so this is... Their business, I'm not going to get into a ton about their business. It's like a three-headed beast. There's a restaurant. There's uh, They do events, and they do catering, so like street events and things like that. It's got a 48-foot-long monster kitchen on wheels. It has a spit, the fryers, everything like that, and they set up at all kinds of different events and things like that. Now, I'm not sure if he's bringing the 48-footer. But I was just going to say, is that what we're going to be expecting? This beautiful, this thing out, out like, is it, would it be out back or where is it going to be? I'm I, super this into thing this. Is so gorgeous. <laughs> if he does bring the 48 foot long trailer, I'd park that bad boy right out front. Cause it is beautiful. I'm telling you, we wrap this thing from one end to the other, all full color graphics, the whole way around it. It's beautiful. But well, if food, he's listening, if he's never been to a musky show, people get hungry and people get cranky as shit. Okay. Yeah. Like, and, and when, when, you know, we don't get a lot of time as vendors to, to, to go have two hours. Like if somebody, that's something where someone could make a fucking killing on, on a two day event like that. If they were ready. You said he was at the max when it was at the. Yeah. So people went crazy there. They were selling um, uh, pulled pork and, you know, brisket, all kinds of different things at, the double tree they had actually had booth space inside they were right there with us right and that's when the, these guys the chaos people and musky innovation all these guys were 
putting an order in. So when they came the next day, they had pounds of brisket for those guys to take back, which was pretty cool. So the mall has a concessions area too. It's at one end of the mall. It's one of those ones though, honestly, there's not a lot of, um, yeah, it, it didn't look like there was much like real food. There's in, like, in... there's like three concessions places. Now when being the kind of person I am, I went and introduced myself to pretty much every retailer in that whole mall told them this was uh, probably right around Thanksgiving that get ready because March 2nd and 3rd, there's going to be a lot of people coming through here. So if you want to sort of do some cooperative things and be part of this thing, great. Um, but it, in particular, like the food people, I've been telling them, like Bubba's, do you remember when the first year at Prince Cape oh, yeah, Bubba's? Same, told them the same and, thing happened in New York. It literally the same thing happened in New York. It was like the hotel wasn't prepared for the fact that they were going to have all these people here. And that's not on the show. People like the show people are like, listen, we're having a show here. OK, uh, you know, that should be telling the hotel. You're going to get a bunch of people here like right. people aren't going to wait. They don't want to wait two hours for food. And I remember that at Bubba's. And it, like the same thing happened in New York. And again, that's not on the show. That's not on the people that run the show. That's on the the, the people that are running these places and saying, listen, we're going to have an influx of people. Let's be ready for it. You're right. We, we can as a promoter. I can only do so many things, right? Yeah, you can only bring um, people two places, really. I think it only takes one time. Like Bubba, Bubba's a really nice guy. I met Bubba personally and, you know, I've spoken with him the last couple of years. Um, they got it after the first Muskie Max. And even so, like trying to keep up with it. And then they gave us, if you guys remember this little uh, scan the QR code, and you can place an order and they'll bring it or have it ready or something like that. They yeah. were just understaffed. And that was the other, I think one of the other problems coming out of COVID, trying to get people to work and, and things like that and, and, come to come to work when they say they're going to that's a whole nother that's a whole nother issue we could spend another hour on that but but anyhow um to your point though owen uh we're doing as much as we can i want to make sure that we've got a good overall experience for people including food and things like that i need to hit up a pizza person Seriously, pizza would be a great because usually that's yeah, always just, like the especially Friday night setup. You get I'm pizzas a pizza guy and, too. Yeah, if you found a pizza place and was like, "Listen, you be like, you're liable to get ten orders if you can deliver pizzas to this place at this, you know, around these times, you're going to get some business." As long as I can tell these vendors that if they if they order from you, it's going to happen. Yes, you know, say, say the word hunks in your order and get free breadsticks. There, there you go. go. Look at that. Look at always thinking the marketing I, mind there, Nate. But I can't state enough how good Dave's is, though. It is phenomenal. Yep. They're good people. Um, little side note about smoking Dave's, and this this isn't what sweetens the whole deal, but Dave's dad, um, he was a great guy, he passed away X amount of years ago. Really good guy. Uh, we loved him like crazy. Dave's dad and my mom were first cousins. Okay. Okay. Dave and I, we didn't grow up together. It wasn't, you know, there were different family events and things like that that we would we would be there together. Him and he has brothers and sisters and and uh, but anyhow, the first time I had his barbecue was at one of the family reunions, and I'm like, my gosh, man, you got to commercialize this. This is so good. And then 
seriously, about five years later, he said, hey, you still have the marketing business, right? He goes, we're pretty much ready. We want to start pushing this. So we've been working together ever since, probably since like 2017, 16, somewhere around in there. So yeah, a lot of fun. But back on the Mosky Max thing, we've got a lot of things coming up. <laughs> you, One of the things I wanted to tell you guys about too, the speaking sessions, the speaker sessions. Yeah. So, so where are those going to be in terms of like the 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 actual show because at the, at the old musky max it was yeah. part of the whole same thing and it was you, it was cool you could kind of listen as a vendor and it wasn't totally separate you know it's not gonna be separate now either it's included Good. and i got a great setup for that i, I seriously can't wait and i don't want to get on the whole mac bid thing but there were some great items i picked up to to help make that experience a little bit better. Shout out Mac Shout out Callen. picked up a new uh, picked up a new uh trolling trolling uh reel there today. Oh uh God. shout out Mac MacVid. Don't Seriously. burn MacVid. Oh yeah. Bleep we are going to bleep that. We are 100% going to bleep that. We're definitely I don't not want anyone to know. I don't want anyone to know that they can actually buy musky gear on MacVid. Stop no, talking. Bleep it. We're bleeping we're that. It. We're not bleeping it. Yeah, we're not bleeping that. We're not bleeping it. We're There's bleeping that. <laughs> Go, Kellen. I'm not going to be the guy that ruins it. Yeah. So <laughs> on the Boss Juice podcast, we just interviewed Kellen. Uh, Campbell. Yes. We, what? Kellen, we, we, we interviewed him yesterday morning. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. A little Valentine's Day sweetheart thing. It was It was let's honestly. Was he wearing was, red lingerie? one of the best interviews. We've interviewed a lot of different people. It was fun because. I knew Kellen outside of all of this from when he was a lot younger, just through a mutual friend. You guys know Joe Miller um, that goes to the show. He, he helps me out. Got you know an Amish beautiful. guy named Joe Miller? I've met um, Joe. He's not Amish, but, <laughs> you know, <laughs> he could true? maybe pass for it with the beard. But but anyhow, he's he was he was uh, Kellen's wrestling coach at okay. West Virginia. And um, so that was that's how I met the Campbell family a long time ago. And uh, I got hooked on. So the first time I heard about Mac bid was um, my tattoo artist was talking about he got all this stuff at Mac. And he's got these cool chairs and everything. I'm like, what the hell? What are you talking? Like, are you talking like Macintosh? Like, I'll have a Mac I'm looking at right now. Are you talking about Mac Apple products or something like that? And he said, no, it's like a, it's kind of like eBay, only better, you know? So then you guys last year, let me know that Kellen was involved with this thing. I couldn't even believe it. So, yeah, really cool. Oh, yeah. He's great. He's fascinating to talk to. Just the, you know, the wealth of knowledge that he has as far as that whole business model and everything. And Wealth of knowledge and passionate about what he oh, does. Yeah. It's really cool. I thought I, – I, I can't wait to listen to that podcast, by the way, because yeah. I had an opportunity to fish with Kellen and Donnie on one of the rivers here and Kellen was kind of talking about like his struggle, you know, business wise, trying to find that next thing. Mm. And it was just really super interesting to hear him talk and just like the whole story behind, you know, Mac and dude, that to me, like that's, that's a podcast that like, I really am excited for. Couldn't, couldn't agree more. <laughs> The time that I've spent with Kellen up on Nipissing, you know, just hanging out, you know, at night, having dinner and everything. I love to pick his brain just about how the business started, 
because if I'm not mistaken, like at when COVID started, he had like 17 employees or something like, and now they have thousand, you know, it's like the exponential growth and the scaling up of, and just like the uh, kind of see an, uh, uh, an opening in an industry and, and be able to fit yourself into it. You know, I really, it's an awesome, even, it's an awesome story. I, I can't it. even I play it. the game I was playing with them. I was trying to hit every Mac as he was opening them up. So we would like purposely <laughs> no. buy something there and I can't even keep up with them anymore. It's insane. Uh, he, he's got, um he's got a great business and they're not close to being done. I mean, I know he's got a lot oh, of, no. uh, yeah, you know, the next big thing coming up. You'll just have to listen to the boss juice podcast to, to hear where he's going with things no but no it was a lot of fun we had a blast and um it's just amazing when you start looking at the operation but that is one of the things that we do through the podcast is we pull we draw those stories out of people and sometimes people get all emotional and you know they talk about just you know problems things that happened it's amazing stuff but but uh yeah so if you guys are okay with this i wanted to talk a little bit about the speakers and all that yeah Real quick, because I mixed it up a little bit. I was looking at some of the other shows, and it, a lot of times it's the same people slotted for almost every show. And I'm, that's no, that's no, you know, I'm not talking speaking poorly against anybody. These guys and women um, that I've met, they they have huge these huge knowledge bases sitting on their shoulders, right? Um, and they're very good at what they do. But I like to see if we can mix it up a little bit. So last year. I gave Jason Quintano a spot, but his laptop crapped out, if you guys remember correctly, and Spencer filled in, you know, like two peas in a pod. That worked out really well. So Jason's going to speak this year. Um, but then second up was, did you guys, have you ever met Mark Burns from Urban Fly? I think, I, I think we did meet him. I, I can't remember. Guy. Uh, which ones I met. I mean, a, a bunch of the fly guys, no offense to the fly guys, but they right. kind of all look alike. Yeah, they do. They do. Same, same, same. <laughs> we same, same. That's good. That's good. Shout out Chris Raz. Shout out Razmataz. I think Chris Raz actually works in Mark's booth with them as well. That's what yeah. I thought. That's, yeah. that's why yeah. I didn't want to confuse people but I thought that's who we were talking about. So he's going to share some of the essentials to get, to get rolling. If, if somebody has an interest in, in fly fishing for muskie, which I think is kind of cool. It's different. And honestly, I never really was a fly fisherman. My, my dad did it a little bit, but we were mostly, you know, just spin rods, reels and thrown at the time. We talked about this before the Rapalas and all that before, you know, before we moved into other things, but then, um, Mark Kornowski, do you guys know Mark? I've I've heard of him very yes. very much. So. He's yep. with um he works in in Vince's booth at at uh, Chaos, and I think there's just a lot of good um a lot of good information they all have to share, and it's a new person, and it's just I just want to be able to mix it up a little tiny bit, and then we're gonna have um Greg Thomas hasn't spoken in a couple of years, I'm having Greg Thomas come back. Um, we're going to do the, um, the ask us anything again, and there's a couple more guides this year. We've got some new exhibitors 
and I want to put a couple more people up on the stage. So it'll be kind of fun and because that is not in any way, uh, you know, there's no questions in advance or anything like that. It's whatever's on top of mind and they got to come up with it. So it's kind of cool. That's what be... the uh, exhibitors are always a wealth of knowledge at Max. It's, you know, phenomenal. The group of guys that show up there, you know, between uh, Greg and Jason, all the local guys as well. well I think uh, that coupled with the fact that they want to, sh they're more than willing to share information with you. And that was one of the things, and we may have talked about this before when we started Muskie Max, I didn't want people to feel intimidated or awkward asking questions if they'd never been part of the sport. I mean, think about it when, when you guys even talk about it, you haven't been in the sport, you know, a long, long, long time. And I'm not bragging or anything like that. I'm saying I'm fortunate. My dad took me when I was seven to Canada the first year on a muskie trip, and I landed my first legal muskie when I was eight. So I've been around it a long time. Todd and Joey, they've done so much. It's incredible, man. They, those, those two, as you know, Ryan, just from being around them, they really know what's up. But I think like there's so many people that um, that we want to welcome. When I say welcome all anglers, I want them to come in if they – if they fish smallmouth or catfish, whatever it is, come in and see what else you can pick up. Um, and then hook up with these guys. Set up a charter. Um, go do your thing and learn. It's cool. That's one thing, uh, like how we were talking about Urban Fly Company with Mark Burns there. I feel like that the fly muskie fishing sector, if you want to call it, seems to be like kind of the hot new there's a lot of guys that are transitioning away from like trout and into, into muskie. It seems like more and more all the time, but it'll be interesting. A lot of, yeah. yeah. You don't, you don't see a lot of vendors at the shows is the only. See that, that guide panel too. Like it's not just like the technical aspect of muskie fishing for me. Like I want to, I want to ask, like, I want to get weird with it sometimes. Like I, I haven't really had an opportunity to do that. Like I want to, I want to know like what these guys eat on the boat and what their, <laughs> what their footwear of choice is for being on the water for long days. And, you know, it, we always talk about those on this podcast. Like that's just my two staple questions, but it's mostly cause I just like shoes and food, but you know, like th that's a fun thing though, is what I'm getting at. Like you don't have to ask, like you don't have to sit there and feel like, cause I, I mean, you guys know, like it's hard in a public forum like that. Sometimes it's hard to ask a question. Right. Like some people like dude, people are so intimidated at these right. shows to begin right. with. Yeah. Like, I mean, we've talked about that in what some of our very, very early podcasts. And I, I think we've even maybe we've lost sight of just how intimidating some of these shows can be for someone who doesn't have a clue. You walk into one of these shows and you're just like inundated with the smell of rubber and <laughs> you know you know just like it's it really is and you know just these rods that are like shit that is just like taller than you and they you know like baits that that are bigger than anything you've ever seen and, and it's like a hundred dollars for a bait what it's like it, you know it is almost like culture shock for people that are not used to it you know and and i think we as musky fishermen we take that for granted we really do that we walk into a show and all that shit's normal where for a newcomer, it really isn't. And you kind of have to ease them into it and say, listen, like, 
you know, hey, you can, you can, there are, you know, ways to get into this sport that are not intimidating. You can, and that's why you got, I think you got to have these forums where people can not be intimidated and ask questions and not feel like, look, I'm going to look like a, like a jag off if I ask a certain question, you know? Well, yeah. I, I think you just get to a point too. Like, so if you're new to the sport, yeah, like a lot of that, you hear a lot of the same type of questions at those things. But like, I just, I, I, these guys are, they're some of the best sticks in the world, you know? And, and the thing of it is, is like, they're just regular dudes like us. And, and that's the thing. I was like, people so lose intimidated. Sight of that. I was so intimidated <laughs> as a first time vendor, like that in 2020, I didn't know anybody, you know? And it was like, like the idea that, oh, you know, people, just know what's going on like i was totally intimidated and luckily the musky world was very you know accommodating musky max sean was very accommodating sean was totally you know any questions i had like he made me feel at home as a as a first-time vendor because it is intimidating man from all all aspects it's it's weird in that way i'll i'll be totally honest it's weird well i think it was easy for me to you take a lot of things for granted early on, you know, as far as because I knew a lot. I knew about yeah. beer ratios. I knew a lot of different things, right? And I just took for granted that everybody knew this kind of stuff. And then, right. but then when you start seeing people ask a question, they're intimidated. I don't want them feeling that way. I care about people. Really, I do. And I think, Ryan, when you said, hey, I ask these goofy questions – I think that sort of sets the tone and encourages people. Hey, just out, just out, raise that hand if you feel like right. raising that hand. And oh, and so in your case, do you do you spend a lot of time at your booth space educating people? Like, what kind of questions do you get from people? So, you know, and, and this is kind of where I think everybody's. It, it really depends on the product that you're selling. Like, so since I'm selling bucktails, like if people come and look, I understand that most people, if they come to my booth, they know what a bucktail is. I don't need to be educating people on the very basics of, like, I feel like I would be talking down to people if I was like, this here's a bucktail, you know, like I let people look, you know, and I always say, listen, if you have any questions about anything that you have, please just let me know. Um, because I don't feel, I, I hate it when I go to a booth and the, the booth, you know, uh, the, the vendor is like all over you, you know, you just kind of let me browse if, but be open and be paying attention. I always want to be paying attention that if, if, if someone's looking at my baits, I want to be looking at them, not in the sense that like I'm watching them, but like, if they should have a, a question, I can be responsive to it, mm -hmm. you know? But in general, it's kind of like, you know, these guys that come to these musky shows, I would say 80% of them are pretty knowledgeable, you know, that, that they already know kind of what they're there for, what they're looking for. Then there's the other 20% that are totally, you know, just they're fishermen or whatever, or maybe they're the wives or the kids or, you know, whatever that, that other percentage is. Mm -hmm. And you can get those people too. You know, like when we were in the New York show, like my, my daughter is making little earrings out of uh musky blades. And I'm telling you, man, she might've sold more pairs of earrings than I sold bucktails. 
and and you know and now she's all excited about having a little earring stand at musky max and awesome. you know selling so you know it, and, and now i'm a lot less intimidated so i can say to her listen babe do whatever you want to do you know but i think first year i would have been like man i don't know like i don't know what the rules are i don't know what but now now that i know how it is like how laid back you are and kind of like the, the you know the atmosphere is at these things. I'm a much, I'm much more relaxed, but you know, and I know Jake Latkovic, he was nervous last year. Like I, he was nervous as shit last year. And Wait, is that the same best of show? Jake yeah. Lackovic? Mr. Yeah, Mr. Best in show. Yeah. Best new exhibitor. Hey, we got, we got two of those associated to hunks verse. I'm just That's saying right. I want it. I want it in 2020 right before yeah. the pandemic. It's the, it's the how greatest. about when we squeeze that in, man? That was incredible. How that right after Musky Max that year, how oh, planet like changed. Sean, I always say, I always, I always refer to Musky Max 2020 as the weekend before the world shut down, yeah. and we were all talking about it because it was kind of all over the news, like oh, coronavirus, yada yada yada. You know, like what's going to happen? And it was what. March 16th, I think that the world like shut down and we were March 7th and 8th. That was that uh, musky max. So that week we had the show ended. I had my meeting escape to get the dates and everything set for the, you know, upcoming. Then there was an NBA player that got sick and then hockey player got sick. Then on Thursday, they canceled the NCAA tournament. I'm like, this is, this is serious. I mean, what is going on here? So I was thankful that I think so many exhibitors did well at Musky Max and a lot of these small mom and poppies, I know that that helped carry them through for a little while. hundred percent, Sean, for me, like Musky Max, if, if I probably wouldn't even be doing most of this stuff, if it weren't for 2020 Musky Max, like, mm-hmm. because the way the world shut down, the fact that anyone thought that my exhibit at musky max was worthwhile you know i don't know how many people vote in those things for the best new exhibitor and you know yeah i don't know any of the details but going into the pandemic i was like all right this isn't a waste of time you know what i mean like and and really that whole pandemic time that had a lot to do with how the musky hunks kind of developed and all of us becoming friends during that time and you know I would honestly credit 2020 Musky Max in large part with spurring this podcast on. Like if you were if you were to really go all the way back to the very, very embers of this podcast, it would probably be 2020 Musky Max. Oh yeah, man. That was like that literally like propelled a number of things forward. Like it was just that was like the last thing we had before everything just went to crap. Yeah. And, and had it, that gone to shit, had, had Ryan's like videos and everything not been successful and had like, I not gotten the, you know, one best new, best new exhibitor. Like who knows if we all would have just like kind of gone, gone silent. You know what I mean? And just not done anything. I mean, that's a testament to what this show means to guys too. You know, we talk about it a lot. And I know Sean, like you know, like you have to kind of carry the weight of that. But it is like it, dude. It is. It is seriously. It is. It's a chance for us to literally talk to old friends, 
talk to new friends, establish relationships with guys. Like we talked about it before, like where else can you go? It, our, our market here in Western PA, if you go to Dick's Sporting Goods, it's no offense to Dick's, it sucks. No, offense like, to Dick's. Where, where, where no, can you go? No offense to Dick's. Where can you go? I'm sit fully down. offending dicks because <laughs> like they don't do shit. Like, I mean, they're <laughs> well, uh, no, actually let's, let's, let's say this. None of musky fishing should be commended for not being in dicks. This because is, a whole, this is a whole thing. It's dicks in musky fishing. <laughs> what I'm trying to say is like, where else can you go to sit down with guys that make this stuff? And like to have a local show, like we always hear, like when I, when I first started doing this, you know, I had, I had my, one of my best friends, Dan, you know, Dan Lutton trying to guide me through this. And we're working off of like musky hunter magazine. And we see places we're ordering from, you know, <laughs> the musky shop and TRO. There's nowhere to go for this stuff. And I can remember walking into my first musky max, like after the Butler high school stuff, my first musky max. And I, I tell this all the time, like talking to grandma herself at the grandma booth mm. and she sold me lures, lures that I still have. Like these are things that you can't, what do they smell like you can't get, they smell like grandma's. <laughs> I don't know. What do you want me to say there? <laughs> like, but these are experiences that you can't have at Dick sporting goods. You know what I mean? Like, and it's, it's years of this. It's like multiple years of this and multiple like phases of growth for us as fishermen. And like, man, I mean, that's what I mean. Like you carry the weight of this without even knowing it, but like, guys, this is a huge deal for people. For I'll go us, ahead and say know? it. I'll go ahead and say it. I think we are really the only podcast that, that has a, a large focus on bait makers, like have had, all these bait makers on with the whole purpose of saying, listen, these are local people, you know, local bait makers, you know, it, it's, it's been a focus of this podcast from day one. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, that's something that I think promotes. If there wouldn't be a musky max, there wouldn't be all these local bait makers if there weren't musky max, you know, because so many bait makers, they make their entire, almost their entire, you know, years worth of sales at musky max and so promoting that on a podcast like you know that's always been a big thing for us as a podcast to promote small bait makers because otherwise the big the big companies are going to come in and take over you know and that's the last thing we want in musky fishing yeah yeah i, I think for me go ahead, go ahead no go ahead sean well i was gonna say for me you know the way that when Todd and I were originally talking about all this stuff, it was based on the memories. It was based on my grandpa, my dad, you know, all these different things. And we thought how cool it would be to recreate that through an event. And that's how we started this whole thing. And it's kind of evolved into a lot of different things. And I wanted to go big. I don't, you talk about the, the weight I feel the weight. Honestly, I do. I probably don't, I don't come across that, but there's a lot of pressure when you're setting up the show. There's insurance things. There's, there's permitting. There's so many things that you got to take care of that the average person isn't even aware of. And that's okay. That's good. I'll take on all of that. And just to make it a great show for people. I just want them to show up, have fun, learn something, bring your kids in, go fish for something, go 
go do something together. That's it. You know, and if, if musky fishing becomes part of what you do or camping or something, whatever it is that you do, if we were able to use this as a tool to bring people together and form a little bit of a movement, that's a really cool thing. Cause it was just an idea. It's the same thing with Kellen going back to, to Mac bids, you, you know, he yeah. had been through a lot of different things. He came up with an idea and that's what this entrepreneurial thing is. You know, I worked in the corporate world for 20 plus years with architects, engineers, doing marketing, branding, business development, the printing graphics side of things. And all of that made me what I am. It just so happens. I really enjoyed fishing and musky fishing to, to put a little stamp on that and um, turned it into something. That's what's really cool about all this is taking it from an idea and putting legs to it because so many people don't and can't, mm -hmm. you know, they can, but they don't have the, the same kind of hustle, I guess, or, or the fear of it's the fear of failing. You know, a lot of people don't want to fail. I'm the kind of person throw it at me, you know, tell me, tell me this can't work. Tell me this can't be done screw that shit. I'm going to figure it out and we're going to make something great. That's just how it's always been with me. So what do we have new this year? Like any new vendors? Like what do we have? Like it's, Bunch of you know, for people to look for. Yeah. I wanted you know? to talk about that. Cause I was going to yeah. ask you to go through some of the vendor list, but I didn't. Yeah. I know, Cause I know can... things have been kind of, kind of changing. They've been fluid a little bit. Yep. Most, so, most important Dave's barbecue. Yeah. Dave, yeah, Dave's barbecue Dave's and, and Big O's he's, bucktails. He's Those are the two, the two main, the main, main attractions. Oh, and you said Lakovic, he'll be there. Yeah, <laughs> and, that, was, uh, that was my number one producing bait for Musky Max last year. You know, Owen, when you said that I made you feel comfortable and answered your questions and things like that, and made you kind of believe that, hey, let's try it. Let's see what could, what's the worst that could happen. You know, so dude, you know, honestly, no, no. Let me tell you this: you made my dad feel comfortable. Okay? Oh, that's good. Because, 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 like that first year, I wasn't even. My dad like brought my display out during the day, and like, because I was still working. And I remember him saying, like, "Oh yeah, Sean, Sean introduced himself to me, and like he's got your, you know, you're all taken care of." And you know, when these guys have all met my dad, and they know how he can be kind of difficult to please. Big and, Rich, shout out, yeah. Big Rich. And uh, and and the fact that you know he was pleased and and everything was cool, you know, that's what's up. You got to realize how much that means to me, though, because all this shit that you do behind the scenes, yeah, to you pull don't this together. You don't think you get credit it for it. Wild, you yeah, know? you, you really don't does. think you get credit for it, but it, but it's you. It's nice to hear when you do. I told you guys before too about when I've seen couples come to Musky Max first time. Next time they they're pregnant. Next time they get a one-year-old, two-year-old. Now they're big goes, big goes likes couples. Freaking awesome. It's really cool. Tandems. So, they're called tandems, Owen. Big, yeah. o, big O's likes couples. Well, the, the whole thing about, I get so many calls from people that are thinking about, they, they thought about it. They've been kicking it around. They've come to Muskie Max before. And, and now they either have a guide service or a product or something like that. And now they want to, they want to take that jump off the diving board into the deep end, right? And it's a it's my job to a degree to make them feel comfortable. It's not about selling somebody. I don't want to push somebody down a path where I'm forcing them to do something they don't want to do. That's, that's absolutely not me. I don't do that with any of my clients or anybody else. I want to give them 
some confidence and just give them some data and let them make their own decision. And we go from there, but the, some of the new ones for this year. So you guys, um, you know, Brady from Bam Bam, he was involved a long time ago. Brady with, who? We, I don't, I don't know Brady, who that, this you know, Brady character is. You know, Brady. And of course we know Brady. Brady Bunch, whatever. <laughs> so you got Bam Bam. He's coming back. He, he was kicking it around. He said, Hey, I'm, I think I'm going to do this. And I was glad that I was glad that he came back. Like I said, he was involved with, with, um, I think it was performance kayak. It was. Yeah. 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 Right. Yep. So he's back and I'm glad to see that. Bozuka Bates. Ooh, okay. Bo. Bo. So Past guest. Shout around. out Bo. They pulled out um, right when the pandemic that, that year, the year after somewhere around in there. In fact, I helped them make the decision. I think just don't do it because if this is, something you're you're trying i don't want you to go f- too far down the path and have a bad experience so you know we we sent them another direction mutually and and now they're back and i'm glad to see that um duke's dozers um don't know him um getting to know these people and that's that's a fun thing for me too because you know when you show up and you pick up your packet and you got your lanyards in there and these kind of things and you got to realize so many of these people I've spoken to over the phone, I have no clue what they look like. You know, you get this mental image of people and, and whatever. So we got Dukes Dozers coming in. Shout out Dukes. I know Nate Nate met Dukes when he was up in, uh, when we were up in New York. That's so bad, seems like right? a good dude. And yeah. 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 Okay. I don't know. I, I never got, I didn't get a chance to meet him, but seems like a good dude. And, yep. you know, look forward he, to meeting him. He catches yeah, big dude. fish. Big fish. I, I yeah. love talking to all these guys about where they grew up, what they did, how they got into this. It's just a whole, it's just a really neat story most of them have. Um, M&K Customs, they're new for this year. Um, Nature of the Beast Guide Service. Do you guys know Nature of the Beast Guide Service? He guides on... Uh, yes. River uh, yes, I hung out with him up in New York. Really yeah. good dude. Um, yeah. He does both a little bit of fly fishing and both conventional fishing. I think he's, he's out of, it. he was telling me about, yes, his, uh, that's really cool. Yeah. He's a really good dude. People should check him out. So he'll be there. Um, Perco is. Uh, Perco makes awesome swim baits. Yep. And, Huge pens fan, by the way. Oh, nice. Well, they need as much uh, cheering on as they could possibly get right now. Um, Triple J lures. Jimmy, Triple J. unaware. I, I know Jimmy. I got a I got a bait from Jimmy. Okay, so there's a those are the Jimmy. Think of right off the bat, but there's a, one, two, three, about, it's about seven, eight, something like that. There's probably around ten, and I thought, well, that's kind of cool. Um, the other thing is too, as a promoter too, you gotta, um, I think you gotta right size things too, because if you end up with a hundred exhibitors, but we didn't increase the audience. That does nothing for any of the exhibitors, you know what I mean. Yeah. So we got to keep, we got to keep bringing in more people, and that's what makes that was so encouraging for me to see what our web traffic, our social media is looking like right now. Um, that was even in the last like ten days. I'm talking about over the last few months, pushing some dollars, making it work. Yeah, I uh, I have one new exhibitor I wanted to make sure we touched on. Who's that? Who do you got? We, Who that? We gotta talk. We gotta talk about our our boy, 
Sideshow Brian doing tattoos. Oh at the yeah, Sideshow Brian's go. gonna be doing tattoos at Musky Max. Sean, Shout out. You, have you met? Have you met Brian at all? I have not. The only um, dude, you better make an appointment. Sessions, but make an appointment. Listen, and he he's like, it's it's shit that like. I mean, I don't have any tattoos, so I can't speak to it. But like his stuff is totally original. It's like, and he's doing all it's fishing related. Like, it, I mean, really, he's he's just Dude. an interesting cat. And I'm I'm looking forward to just kind of hanging out with him that weekend. Whether I I hope he I hope a billion people get tattooed by him because they they he deserves it. He's just a good dude. I was he, the first appointment. You never yeah. he's never going to forget it. Hey, Bud's getting a tattoo at Muskie Max. I so we we kind of met him through like the whole Joe Cermelli thing because yeah. Joe, like Joe, is dude. Joe's legit. Like he's to me, that's one of the best podcasts I've ever listened to. And it's just it's all aspects of fishing. But if you guys haven't listened to that episode where Brian was on uh, the hook, the uh, cut and retie, cut and retie, yeah. That's a dude, that's a phenomenal episode. And it, the funny thing is like Brian talked about like outflow musky fishing and Joe was giving him a hard time about it counting as actual muskies. Uh-huh. And I just like, I think about that. Cause I, I've caught a lot of fish in outflows, man. That's like my jam in the, in the winter. But mm-hmm. Brian is, he is like full in on this musky thing. And for the guys that don't want to get tattoos, like I'm, I am also tattoo less me and Owen, Brian. Really? Yes, I don't have a single yeah. tattoo. Me neither. Don't, just don't yeah. ask. Don't ask why. I just couple yeah. couple icy lights once they start flowing. No, you're gonna be, no. You're gonna be <laughs> what I'm, down what I'm getting. That. Honestly, I've thought about it for a long time. I've just never had something that I wanted to be permanently on my body. And now that we have the beautiful musky hunks logo, I might just have to have a musky hunk <laughs> logo. Well, there you go. You no, I'm just that ain't that musky ain't hunks trance. Brian, Brian is gonna have. <laughs> Brian will have. He'll have stickers, dude. He does the yeah. stickers. He does, stickers he does cool phenomenal. stickers. And cool stickers. He's going to, I'm sure he's going to have the cut and retie stuff there too, because it's on his Etsy store and I've been peeking at it. Like at, that's, yeah, just he did, he did hats. a special design for cut and retie, like a t shirt design. So, dude, his stickers are cool. Yeah. I, I have, I have a bunch of his stickers in my shop. And one of them is basically, I don't know. I don't know what it, I don't know how to describe it. It's kind of like a, fish bending Anim- over an anamorphic fish yeah, yeah fish bending that. over with its ass out and i mean it's got a nice ass and i mean it's a fish so my wife is like what is that sticker i'm like oh that's my boy sideshow brian <laughs> i uh, i showed d the sexy mushrooms the other day and she just shook her head at me but it, it's listen that is such a cool thing that you brought to musky max like getting brian to come out here he is like he, that dude is so legit. Like it is hard to get appointments with that dude to get yeah. that. Oh yeah. Like, 100% to our, to anyone listening out here. Like if you want a legit tattoo from a guy who he, he like gets like, you have to book him months in advance. Mm-hmm. Like this is your chance. Get a tattoo. And I'm seriously thinking about getting one. So like just a small one. May, like a little tramp stamp, or maybe, maybe, dude, maybe a little something, maybe a little rose on, rose dude, on my just, foot. Just the O from Big O's Bucktail. 
on my toe, oh, above my big toe. I think like, I, I think teardrop. Like right yeah. around in here. I think. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Teardrop. Exactly. Let's get a uh, the O is a teardrop. Yep. That would be dope. I gotta say teardrop. one thing about tattoos, real quick. Okay, this is just gonna be me fanboying on Sean, but the the episode that I listened to of of the the uh, Boss Juice podcast was the uh the the bagels from beaver beaver bagels and in that podcast you alluded to having you talked you told the story about the do good on your knuckles oh yeah that is to me like if i was gonna get a tattoo like it i'll never i'll never get a tattoo i'm telling you guys that right now but if i ever got one it would it would be something like that to me like that is super cool like i don't know hey if anybody's listening to this they want to get one it's there musky max has it all I did, uh, Sean, I did not know that's what was on your on your knuckles. So the do good, my business partner, this guy, great man, Jim Valenti was his name. He he and I, we you know how you just hit it off with somebody sometimes, and yeah, we had all these business projects we started working on together. We we didn't know we had no history at all. We didn't know each other from anything. We met at this one little networking thing, and next thing I know, we just the chemistry was great, and we started hitting projects. Man, we were doing a lot of work together. And he had some health issues and he passed away. The one stretch of my life a couple of years ago was a real rocky thing. My dad, like just all these things happening, not good. And uh, Jim, Jim was one of those guys, like, you know, when you're in the middle of something and I'm thinking like, man, if something ever happened to him, where, how, where would I pick up the slack? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? How yeah. am I gonna, Cause that's how instrumental he was. And he was just a good man. And he would always say, he was a good dad. He it was so hilarious. When I'd go to meet with him, he'd be like, come on down, grab a cafe. He would always say cafe, Italian guy, right? And uh, he always said, do good. Whatever you do, do good. So they invited me. He passed, and uh, they invited me to speak at his. Uh, oh, I thought I thought you meant cafe, like how Donald Trump spelled cafe <laughs> back years ago. What was that year? Years ago? You're going to drink some <laughs> coffee with me is what he meant. So he, oh, the do good was on everything. So I, they invited me to speak at his funeral, which I thought was just a, that was super special. Right. It's awesome. And I remember saying like, I think that's going to be my next tattoo. So that's what's on my knuckles right there. Do good. But uh, yeah, it's just, you got to do things to help you kind of remember special people and important things that happened in your life, you know. Just like Sideshow Brian being at Muskie Max for the first time. You know, this could be a big thing for you guys. So Sideshow, Sideshow, he he reaches out and kind of kicking around whether you're going to do this or not and all this stuff. And, you know, I'm like, hey, make a decision. Let's let's see if we can make this work. Because I was really excited to have a tattoo person come, right? And then I see some different things. And I see his flash, you know, the designs and stuff like that. It's really cool really different right but really really nice line work and everything and um then i see this little video he sent over about where he's wearing that mask and you know and you're gonna have these and he's holding out stickers and these. he's holding up shirts and everything i'm like it's oh Lucha, Lucha Libre so mask. this dude is freaking hilarious people are gonna <laughs> love there really oh yeah and it's just that's one of those things remember what i said i always like to make musky max a little different we're not turning into a tattoo show but this little no, staple in the diet could be really cool 
it's memorable. That's, that's that's like the difference that makes something like that cool. You know that that, that he because he is specific to Musk. I mean, obviously he does right. other tattoos, but you know, I think if he had to, if he had a choice of of nicknames, it would be kind of the ta- the, the official tattoo artist of musky fishing, and I think he he deserves that. Yep. Uh, you know what's cool is that he's been a long time listener of this podcast. It's not just like last week. Like we've been talking to Brian for, I've been talking to Brian for, yeah, Yeah. almost day one. And he's been always supportive, positive, you know, just like the kind of stuff you want out of a listener. And, 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 you know, he's not from Pittsburgh. He's from out, out East in Philly, you know, Mm -hmm. that New Jersey area, if I'm not mistaken. But the fact that, people out there are listening to our, to our podcast that's like holy shit man like a guy who is legit in the tattoo industry like really likes our podcast what we're doing like you know it's kind of like it, it kind of validates yeah what we are trying to do here because there's a lot of times as we're sitting around here just shooting the shit you can kind of get lost in like is anyone going to listen to this and People really do listen to this, man. Like it's kind of crazy, but people really do. Well, it makes it feel the the effort and the energy and the 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 money that you put into these resources to make this happen makes it all worthwhile. It's really cool. I the one, the one thing I'm worried about, Brian, is I, I think I'm gonna get heckled while I'm getting that tattoo and it's gonna get messed up. Oh, we're putting that on a video. I'm just nope. saying I'm not oh. giving out the time. I don't care. I'll shine. I know you the I know show. in my time spot it. That's all right. Good luck. I'll, I'll shatter. I, I, I listen. I know your movements. I'm I do want to. I do want to say one more new vendor because I thought this one was kind of cool too, and that is Mike Fredhold. Oh yeah, the Fred Holder. We gotta the, get. Why hasn't the? Why haven't we had Fred Holder? Listen, yet? I we've talked about it. I've got a couple. I've had people what? like on this list. I have a. You should see my list. I got twenty five people. Does on he this listen list. to us? Mike listens to us. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he listens and you know, like his paint and the stuff that he's doing, that's pretty cool. I would love to talk to him because he's he's one of the most open people about the bait building process. And you know, I mean, so many people you know, they they try to keep their intellectual property as guarded as possible. But to put out on YouTube exactly how to make your baits, that's It's, it's ballsy. Wild. It's wild. It's ballsy and it's cool. I mean, it's like basically like here, man. Go ahead, try to make it. I. The other thing I'm I still say, probably going to make it better than you. The other thing I wanted to say about Max too is like, you talk about all these other shows and like I haven't I have not ventured out to Wisconsin and I haven't done the Odyssey in Canada and all that stuff, but like the one thing about Max is like right now the mix of vendors that you have, dude, this is crazy. Cause I was looking at the list. I've been looking at the list last like two, three days, putting my, my, my lure purchase list together. Like I always do. But I was thinking about this and I was like, man, like over the years, I've seen these couple, like these different shifts. I feel like, you know, where you get like the Baker booth and the trolling, you know, the Wiley's and the Leo's and you know, the trolling scene, like there's guys lined up. But then I started looking at the last two years and like this year, like with the glide bait market, like what a freaking it for guys like glide baits have a cult following mm-hmm. guys that throw gliders are like they're a breed, man. They just, they love their gliders. And I was looking at this list and I'm thinking bazooka 
and slow flow and you know you got mark spray bomb mark king stuff you also have but same thing with the rubber like you you also have the rubber being like a totally different thing with you know ryan painter customs and which was a huge draw uh you know last year and now bam bam's gonna be there with his rubber bait so i mean you know you're right like it goes from like everything was crankbait trolling wise and now it's kind of like okay it's a little bit shifting towards maybe more of a casting yeah i mean but these these vendors dude like i mean there's a lot of shows that put a lot of things together but like looking at this there is literally a flavor of every single type of bait and or gear you would want to buy and it's like guys that like rig boss like that's another one like some of this stuff is hard to freaking get like on a day-to-day and and she, like sean you're pulling all these people into this venue and it's just like i don't know man i look at this stuff and you guys know i get way too hyped for all this like i'm not i should not be the baseline for people because my blood pressure gets continuously higher and higher as i get closer to the show but like I look at all this stuff and I just know like what this market is and like what these guys bring to the table. And, you know, New York was a really freaking awesome show. And then I look at this one and I'm just like, this is another amazing vendor lineup for guys that want to come and you're going to pull people from West Virginia, you know, pull people from Ohio, New York, PA all over the place, just because of like some of these select baits and stuff that are hard to get a hold of. Yeah, I have like, people calling me. Oh, Bigfoot. Let's not forget Bigfoot, Bigfoot Bates. That's another yeah. one. Shout out Bigfoot in a new one. You're yeah, sure. I'm looking forward to seeing how he does this year. I mean, yeah. there's, there's so many of these young young guys that are just trying to, I don't want to say break into it, because this isn't a business that you break into. It, like, it always takes a consistent effort in this business. Like, you're never going to, nobody makes makes it the first year. In the sense that it's just not that type of a business. It's more like, listen, the more you do these things year after year, your business will kind of eventually build up to the point where, you know, it's it kind of is automatic. And so for the first people I've had, I've had guys say to me, like, you know, what what do I expect as a first year vendor? Mm-hmm. And I'm honest with them. I'm like, listen, expect a lot of people to come and look, expect a lot of people to ask a lot of questions. And that's what you want don't be disappointed if a lot of people don't buy the first year you know this is a this is a long this is a long run type of situation you know people come and they're very specific about their musky baits they know what they want for the most part it's hard to get them to buy a new bait maybe this isn't the year that they are going to buy your bait but put yourself in front of them you know make your pitch and you know at some point in the next couple of years you're going to be on this stop or like or on their regular stop you know what i mean i think with musky max it's really about it's creating awareness people didn't know you existed and now right. you have an opportunity face to face talk just like you said answer questions show them product features things like that that's another thing i want to do this year is i want to use our staging area not only for the seminars and things like that, but I want to do some infomercials um, where people can get up there and do demos and talk a little bit about maybe they can get an opportunity. And this is if you want to get a draw, if you, you get want a tank, to get some attention. You, you want to get a tank? 
like so people what? can can do little bait bait testing. I, 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 dude, I thought you meant like a legit army tank. I was like, where oh, are you going? No, with dude, this? I start <laughs> blasting. I'll take shit. either. Really, army tank? No, I mean, I, I mean, in some type of a some type of a tank where people could demonstrate. You know, I mean, you see those corny like giant things at the bass shows where a dude's sitting on a stool and flipping, you know, jigs and showing them. I don't mean anything like that. A few I mean, years something ago, very basic. I bought a swimming pool a few years ago and never took it out of the box. We were going to bring it and set up a Printscape Arena. Mm-hmm. And I forget, there was something with the water. There was, we had access to water there. It was like four foot by eight foot or something like that. Maybe had a, I don't know, two feet deep or something. That would be enough to show action. Yeah. I don't have anything like that scheduled for 24 yet. Like, <laughs> I was saying, just like, <laughs> take my... We got 10 and days. Everyone could, yeah, I mean, everyone could, everyone could <laughs> get one of their baits on like the end of a, of a, of a rod and just say, well, take it down there. Check it out. Like just whether it's a jerk bait, whether it's a, a, a crank bait. I don't know. Do you guys remember that guy? Oh shit. What the hell is his name? He used to be at like the, the Monroeville convention center fish and gun and all that shit. I forget what the guy's name was. Older gentleman. He had this little tiny fishing lure. Tied to a string with a little stick, and he had a like a galvanized bucket, and he just sit there and did this little figure eight thing all the time. You guys have any? Idea? I don't remember I, that, I, but I love those shows. I mean, we did. I don't it remember that. Hilarious. Yeah, my favorite part of that show was the petting zoo. Can we get a petting zoo at Musky <laughs> Honestly, Max? Honestly, you know, Mamas, guys, there's tigers. like the the, yeah. the very last one. I keep <laughs> no. I keep driving past it. The great north american outdoors show and this has to be like the very last one at the monroeville convention center we should all go just for nostalgic purposes oh dude that that is a childhood like memory right. that i'll never none of us will forget that i want i wonder what type of vendors they even have there now Plus. a lot of gutter guards and like trips to orlando right and... like just total fucking junk you i saw all those um you know, red, white, and blue cowboy hats and all this other kind of junk that, you know, that's the thing too about with, with Musky Max and the rest of these other shows. I think that we've all done a pretty good job of keeping quality exhibitors on board rather than if if I'm, you know, if I'm going into a place, I'm going to spend some time there. I want to see quality exhibitors. I don't want, and it's no slam to gutter helmet or anybody else they just fill booth space. And most of the time somebody's right. sitting there looking at their phone and don't even make eye contact with you, which whatever in he, in our situation, it's an engagement. It's where you're talking to people. You're whooped by the time Sunday night comes, people are just, they're ready Freaking to be exhausted. Dead yeah. For a few days. I mean, yeah. seriously, it's, and that, and that's what meant it was a good time. That's what meant it was worthwhile, you know? Yeah. Yep. But no, it's, I'm looking forward to it. I think um, with back with this venue, we've got parking, easy access. There's lodging all over the place, places to eat, things like that. I just, I feel like, um, I feel like this could be a really big one. I just got this feeling, especially so, coupled with the data and everything else that I have. What are the best hotel options? You know, it's so funny because did you guys, did any of you get the spam emails? I think I did, but I think someone had already alerted me to, you know, the fact that there might be a scam. 
last year was the first year that I'd seen that. And it was real clever. In fact, I reached out to you, I think, and said, hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, you did. I don't know what to do about this, but but here's the thing. I just got to keep educating people. It's the same thing. Like I've got 26, 27 monthly clients now where I do all the marketing and branding, all that kind of stuff, social management and everything. On the on that side of it, these scammer spammers, they're constantly hitting Facebook feeds, Instagram feeds, makes it look like your account's going to get shut down. There's all these links that, you know, if anybody's listening, don't touch those links ever. Yeah. Delete, report, whatever you got to do, get rid of these things. But I think my brother and Ken Trail and a couple other people got this email and it looked like this Musky Max block of hotel. Listen, I don't do blocks of hotel rooms for anybody before we tried it when we were actually hosting it in hotels. And then the hotels, the management wanted me to reserve just like a wedding. They wanted me to reserve blocks of rooms for and if you didn't, if people didn't book, if you didn't fill this, it, right. If I didn't get it filled with this quota, then I had to pay for the extra unused rooms. I'm not doing that. So, you know, some people are, they want to sleep in the best place possible. Others want bed and breakfast, honestly. Others will sleep in their truck if they could. So I'm not going to coordinate hotels and things like that but there are so many options on the registration form i think we listed like four places that were reasonably priced they had you know decent ratings and things like that but it just depends on what people want to pay and you know where they want to stay some people like going to the casino and they stay that direction five miles away um you know others have other interests so whatever it's up to them where they want to stay i don't have i don't have a favorite um and I don't have any that I would say, hey, don't stay there. Um, you know, everybody has their own preferences and their own budget. Did that answer your question? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I have, I want to, this one's kind of a, not a weird one, but somebody had asked me about this, like back to the vendor setup and tear down and stuff. Right. You know, one of the things for Max is you bringing in a football team to be able to help clean up. So my question is, what uh, do you have anything planned for for cleanup for for this venue? We're gonna do that. So, Canon Mac has been the the school that we've worked with the last couple of years because it was right there and it it worked out really well. And I think after those those young men and the and the football moms, when they got into a rhythm, they kind of knew what to do. And I'd like to have them back. I will have. Uh, there's Trinity is down there. I like to deal with one of the local schools. Like I, I played football at Riverside, which is, you know, an hour away from there. Um, they would probably come down to do this because this is one of the easiest fundraisers for any type of organized, you know, group. Uh, it's incredible. And it's, it, I'll tell you what, these exhibitors are so generous too, because they're whooped at the end of the show. They've got a little bit of disposable cash that they're, they're willing to save their Absolutely. backs you know, yeah. make it work. But yeah, we're either going to have Canon Mac or Trinity or Wash High, one of those schools, somebody's going to be there. So just rest assured, we're going to have help. I wasn't sure if we were, if, you know, if you were going to elicit the Washington wild things to come out and pack some stuff wild away. Thing. Think of them. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> we're giving you all kinds of ideas. Yeah. 
Oh, I got I got so many ideas. I'd love to have Steel City Harley Davidson pull in, put bikes all over the place out front. I mean, just there's just so many things. That's super cool. Yep. We could there make, was there was one other sorry. No, go. There was one other question for the setup I had, and I'm I'm trying to make sure I ask all these for people. Um, you had already touched on the food stuff. You mm -hmm. guys, you had already touched on the setup, the takedown. Um, I guess two questions. Number one, is there a Mac machine on site? Does anybody know? So I love the fact that you called a Mac machine because Kathy called it. <laughs> <a Mac machine. laughs> fact, I and all of our Midwest <laughs> listeners keep saying, like, what's a Mac machine? Yeah. ATM. I bought her, I bought her with, has the vintage <laughs> Mac logo on the front of it. It's cool as heck. But, but anyhow. Yeah, they're there. And I, I talked to the uh, the Washington Crown Center management and said, hey, that thing better be filled up and yeah. there's a bank <laughs> in, the, in the parking lot. And I said, be prepared Saturday morning. I'm telling you that thing's going to get abused. Oh, well, if there's a bank in the parking lot. OK, that's <laughs> that's they should be good. Yeah. I think there's one or two ATMs on site and there's a bank right in the right in the front. Somebody that's let Donnie know. Yeah, let, let Swanky know on that one. <laughs> okay, so that's clutch. And then you kind of addressed this one already, but one of the other questions I got was like, aside from tables, chairs, all that stuff you've already talked about, you know, people, I had a couple people ask me about power, you know, for the for the uh, the booths and, and such. And I knew I knew how I'm very intimate with that process at Printscape. And I'm, uh, I guess my question is, how, how are you planning on doing that for, I guess, the, the retail space? So in our retail space, there one of the things I noticed, there were like either nine or 12 columns that actually support, obviously, the, the, the roof. Um, some have power attached to those. I have those all indicated on the floor plan. A couple of them have fire extinguishers. And from a safety standpoint, I want to make sure that we're aware of where those are right and some have nothing so around this probably to answer your question in the shortest possible way i can we've got power covered um we've got we got it we've got it um in, in a lot of different directions for different reasons that was one of my main things too because even when we were originally planning for the corridor space they have receptacles in the floor under these little blast bra brass cover plates and I don't know, man, it's just, I was thinking about that and even thinking about generators and, and other ways to do things. But I think in this vacated retail space that we're going to occupy, um, I think we should be in good shape. Now, but one other thing to add to that, we have control over the lighting above. And in the one corner where the presentations are, think we can take that bank of lights down as needed you remember at printscape oh yeah one of the that was one of the concerns i think we're in good shape there well i was i was gonna ask about the um like amplification in the sense that like if you need to make event-wide announcements raffles things like that like, are you going to be using like kind of like the the in-store loudspeaker or is there going to be? And secondly, music or like sound during the show. Are there, is there going to be like music being played or should booths like kind of be ready to kind of have stuff on their own? Got music covered, got mics covered. And then where the staging area is, 
there's uh there's microphones and speakers and things like that that we'll have as well the in the ceiling speakers and things yeah. like that that's one thing honestly I, mean, I hadn't even thought of because we already have our own sound systems so. price check on al4 yeah, seriously, or a cleanup. Yeah, cleanup at out six. <laughs> Back by the next tier bank kid spot. Yeah. So, but yeah, I think sound is covered. Um, power's covered. Um, security, the roll down gate. I was so honestly, I was so happy about that gate. And it's, it's, uh, you're not going to penetrate it. Honestly, Sean, that makes a lot of people, <laughs> I mean, seriously, that, that, that was literally the biggest concern. And the fact that that's taken care of, I think is, is really going to be the it now. Beer. So I'm not going to say that um, musky shows guys that come there might like to drink beers, like might like to indulge in a beer too. Like, is it going to be a problem if like we have, you know, a cooler in there? I mean, obviously, it's not going to be for everyone to be walking around with drinking beers like at some shows, but. Right. So here's the thing. Within our confined space. I'm not going to say, yep, it's a it's a free for all. Do your thing. Yeah. But I'm saying that I know that in our confined space, it's going to be way more forgiving than if people were walking around with open containers in a corridor. Yes. Okay. So So it goes without saying, yes, it (laughs) goes without saying to anyone coming, please, whatever the situation, be respectful. Like 100% be respectful. Like, please do not be jerks about anything in any way. Like, you know, I don't care if someone, if you don't like the way that something is being handled, like, don't be an asshole about things like let's we'll we'll figure things out were you guys so ryan you were talking about other show other venues that where we hosted musky max and embassy suites in moon township oh, yeah. um, that was one of the last ones before we moved to Printscape, right mm-hmm. and because they what they did was converted that big giant beautiful hotel with a great atrium and everything like that they converted into a senior care facility and um I found out right before Musky Max that they were just bought by some developer and they were going to convert over, but our show was safe and all this stuff. I was embarrassed at the end of the show when I had to meet with the hotel management. That place was wasted. There were beer bottles all over the parking lot, broken glass everywhere. I had to help clean up some stuff. It was just... I'm not going to ever allow that again to, to ever happen at any facility that we're in. That's just, you can't do that. You know, there's, we all, we all have a sense of responsibility. Hey, yeah. I think you guys all, you, you're on the same page with me. Oh yeah, dude. A hundred percent. And that's the thing. Like it, when we, when we talk about having beers, having a couple beers, like we mean a couple beers, like oh, one, man. two, three, like it's not, this isn't like uh None of these shows have turned into that for us. Have like, you guys have you guys paid any attention to what happened at the waste management open with the the yes. golf tournament last last yeah. weekend? Last week. So Antonino, In, my technology guy, was there. At the so so that is kind of, in my opinion, kind of like the perfect example of or microcosm of what happens when you completely relax all 
responsibilities. <laughs> like, you know, when we say people might want to have a couple of beers at at a musky max show like that's a completely different situation than you know saying this is going to be an all-out like you know free-for-all you know you and that's there? kind of where i, I Kenny see it. chesney like, concert you've got to be respectful i don't give a shit where you are you've got to be respectful especially as vendors sean is the person in charge here like if if if, if we want to have these types of venues available to us, we as vendors and the people that we bring with us, and I say that as, you know, as a, a vendor is just an in individual person. Like you bring in a group of people and like you're responsible for those groups of people. So everyone needs to be respectful about everything. It's it's like drinking beers when your in-laws are in town. You just yeah. go to you just sneak it a little bit and right. Just drink be careful. it. Go to your Don't garage be, or pound town. Enjoy yourself. Just, yeah. No one's yeah. telling you not to have fun. No one's trying to damper your fun. Just don't be an asshole about it. And then your mother-in-law <laughs> doesn't doesn't expect it when you burn the stuff on the grill. Sleep. And you're just like, whatever. Yeah. Just, you don't never see when your mother-in-law questions it, you'd be like, What are you talking about? I don't even just, know what you're talking about. I'm just tired. I just yeah. I just had to go out to the car a couple of times. We don't we don't have that problem. I mean, the guys are all good. The guys and girls that go to these things, they're all everybody likes to have a lot of fun. It's just you got to do it in the right context, especially now that we're in a more public place. You right. just got to be aware of what's going on around you. That's it. And the thing is, I'm not a I'm not a prude either. Like I like to have fun as much as anybody else. But there's a sense of responsibility that I have as a promoter too. You know, but uh, no, it's good. I think. I think we're going to have a lot of fun here. The um, I can't say enough about how nice these people have been to work with up to this point and uh, looking forward to it. Super accommodating people. I can oh, tell you. Thing. Go ahead, John. There's a, um, there's a gaming. Uh, I forget what it's called. Guys who run this place. It's really cool. They sell the, the um, any of the gaming devices, anything you possibly imagine. Funko Pops, they got everything. The DC oh. comics, everything. But in the back section, there's an arcade back there too. And they've got this deal where it's something like $10 wristband for all day play. It's just incredible stuff. I thought, really? yeah. My kid, yeah. I mean, that. And it's, it's right across from where we're that. basically set up, which is, that's something that's kind of cool. A little bit different. I think people will enjoy that. Um, they were bringing their kids. That's the other thing too. So many of these parents that come, they make this at least a day long event. They, they'll come and they'll stay for several hours on a Saturday. Some of them by the weekend passes and stay two days, you know? So, but yeah, I think we make it nice for the kids. We want that to be enjoyable and always looking for something a little bit different. I think sideshow is going to be um, a really cool attraction. I think with all these new, uh, these other new exhibitors that we're talking about, I hope they all do really well and they enjoy themselves and have a chance to talk to people. It's going to be good. And the whole point of this is that if people don't come and spend money, it's not good for anyone, you know? So the point is to get people there. We want people to come there that are interested in, in, in what we're doing, because obviously if they're not interested in what we're doing, they're not going to, they're less likely to spend money, you know? So, you know, as vendors, we want traffic. We want people that are, that are going to have money, money and be ready to spend. And we, as vendors, it's our responsibility to have a product that's worth people 
purchasing. You know, Nate that's Buck. up to us. That's our Nate's that's our that's our duty. Nate's ready to, to spend. Yeah. To piggyback on that too, I mean, it's great when the exhibitors help co-promote this stuff. Invite your people, invite your following, let them know you're going to be in the area. We do a pretty decent job of listing who's going to be there and you know, do shares and reels and a bunch of other things to make that work. In addition to, like I said, with radio and, and magazines and other things like that to reach. But um everybody's got their part. The mall even has um with the uh, Washington County Visitors Bureau, they've let them know that we're gonna be there. Um they've done a lot of nice things for us from a promotional standpoint. The retailers that I've met with, they have the little placards on their on their checkout areas and stuff like that. So they've all done a nice job. I think collectively, that's, that's what it takes. So, man, I'll tell you what, I'm freaking juiced right now. I'm like ready to go. Like it, it just there's just a couple of those like open item things that we wanted to talk about. But dude, Max is almost here. Like, did we get all the questions? Nate, you want to read any of the questions you received? <laughs> yeah. Thanks I for everybody who doesn't take me serious. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I will say this. I know that you got Craig's question in. I you, did get Craig. I did shout out Craig. The only one shout out to Craig because Craig's the only one that takes anything serious around and, here. And Thank he, you, Craig. He's yeah, it was yeah. Um, will there be midget throwing? Um <laughs> How excited are you for me to be at Musky Max? Are you know are there pretzels for sale? Um, will there be icy light? What time does the circle jerk start? These are these are the things my people have said. And th this is our fault for putting you in charge of this because we knew we should have known initially that this was never going to spawn anything useful. <laughs> yeah, whatever. I love you too. I'll be honest, man, like this conversation has really answered a lot of the questions that I think people would have. And that is, you know, where the location is, where to stay, how they're going to be getting into it, you know, how they're going to be getting around it. Uh, when when do you plan on putting out the official vendor uh, floor plan? Because I know that's a big deal for. That's kind of like the Steelers. Ball. That's kind of like the Steelers. Uh, Steelers schedule Roster, day. Yeah, schedule. schedule. Yeah, Steelers schedule day, like where you can yeah. plan. You, you begin to be able to plan out your year. For those of people that didn't see, Sean just moved his camera and said it's right there. <laughs> so, so the thing is, it's kind of funny because there's always some stragglers, right? And I always allow a little bit for that. And we're about maxed out, no pun intended. And then I've got a couple of people that said, hey, can we expand our space? That was another thing. There's been more people, I think, went from singles to doubles, doubles to triples, and I even have a couple quads. So kind of interesting. Um, they're coming with an with a with an arsenal of really great stuff from rods, reels, baits. Um it's it's gonna be really cool. One I, other thing I thought of. Um I think the website still has the like sign up email or sign up your email for events and stuff is yeah. uh i guess i don't know if it's always a thing the there's usually like a discount coupon that gets emailed out is that happening again this year you know what we're we're just keeping it at 
um i think it was 12 dollars before we're gonna keep it at 10 okay with the coupon yeah so many people use them so people don't um and then we give away i don't know if you guys know this or not but we distribute a lot of passes for like police departments emts veterans veterans uh uh veterans clubs things like that and these guys just come and they show us what they got and we bring them in i want people in there who are ready to look and purchase you know and however we got to get them in we're going to do it but as far as like the coupon goes we're not we we just lowered brought the price back to where it used to be because it was i think it went to twelve dollars with a two dollar off coupon yeah. and you, you end up doing so much processing of paper it just really wasn't anything so right yeah, that extra two bucks would make a hassle for making change and yeah. And those are those are just things that um kind of learn as you go, you know, just like with anything. So for for those of us, some of us, many of us that want to get in line at like the butt crack of dawn or the night before, what uh yeah. like the mall's closed, so what you know, what's the recommendation for guys that want to get there early? Cause I know I've, I've had three years, two, two, three years in a row right now. I'm going to give a little shout out to the Wimmer boys. They like to be there first in line, like Ryan Reed and Dan Lutton style. So for guys that want to be there, you know, super early, what's the, what's the plan there? I like guess what, I got to pin down the time when they're actually going to unlock the door to the mall. Right. And like, where, where can people kind of queue? Yeah. So where we are in, in fact, there'll, there'll be a floor plan that we put out there that has where the entrances are, is things like that. There's a lot of pieces that are still going to be published um, or promoted, put out there to help promote it. But um, that question is a great question on when they're going to unlock it. Um, then we're going to have, um, Ryan, remember we did the Kennywood line to kind of. Oh, yeah bring people around yeah. well, we purchased some stanchions that's what those are called and we're gonna we're gonna kind of weave them around and make sense of it um the best that we can and i think we had a guy too i'm bringing him back for this year just it's not really official security i mean he does have a couple tasers and things like that but um <laughs> <laughs> just as a fence now it's just keeping that line orderly and keeping people from bolting in front of other people and just it's a respect thing you know, and that, that's all you can ask. You just just make it make it nice for everybody. You're going to get in there. But I know there are some people who absolutely want to be first. And, you know, it's all good. I'm glad. I guess from a from my standpoint, I'm just kind of psyched that people get that excited that they want to get in there. Oh, yeah, that's a real thing. Mm -hmm. I think uh, do you remember last year? I think those guys were out in the parking lot. A Princecape at like well, they, people had little camping things set oh, up. Yeah. People, well, yeah, wasn't it? Weren't they there at like eight p.m. the night before? Uh, it was like seven or eight, and I knew it was yeah. the Wimmers. And shout out to Nick. <laughs> I can't think of his last name right now. Mm. But yeah, he was out there. I, I've been trying to do an interview with guys that are first in line. Yeah, it's like I, I love that stuff, dude. I just love it. I just remember the Zamboni guy. Um, oh yeah, accepting people. You know, huh. and he, I talked, Dan and I were intimate with that guy, man. He pulled whoa. in we were in, yeah, we were like, it was like three in the morning and he's like, what are you guys doing here? We're like, we're in line for Musky Max. 
He's like, what's that? Did you tell him friends listen to Endless Love in the Dark? Yeah. He, oh, dude. He, I remember the one year he let us in and Dan and I sat on the floor all outside. Friends, of the, all friends do that. Yeah, exactly. It's totally normal. That's just, I don't know, man. That's that's why these shows are so so special to me. And like, that's why I get a kick out of seeing that because, you know, like you, you hear it. You see it like on TV for like concerts and stuff, people standing outside. And I never thought that would be a thing for a musky expo, you know, and it just it is people want to get is that there like early. That in other shows, though, is it is it the same New York? I'll tell you this. I, I said I haven't really done a lot of other shows like Chicago years back. They did like a early they did like a round of like an early pass. So you could buy a pass to get in the show like two or three hours early. Okay. And I remember Dan and I rolled up like probably an hour before that. And the line was like out the door, but I don't know how long those guys got there. I, I know like for New York, there were guys standing there, but you're talking seven, six, seven in the morning show opens at nine max to my knowledge is like really the only one I've been to where guys are out there the day before. <laughs> you know? So Todd and I, you used to go to, we do um, Milwaukee, we did Columbus before, we did um, Chicago a couple times. And um, that well, that's one thing too about Todd. He's such a great educator. He really wants people to understand what he does and mm-hmm. how the lures work. And he does a lot with the kids and the, the coloring sheets and stuff like that, which is really cool. But um, I've always been on the inside in that regard. So I have yeah. no idea what goes on unless, unless I, I hear these like urban legend stories and then come to find out they're true. It's crazy. Yeah. And Todd, Todd was the one that uh, came up to me a couple of years ago and said, you ought to be interviewing the guys that are first in line. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know what? That's freaking brilliant. But I don't know, man. I, I know we've talked a lot here. We're, we're probably over the two hour mark, but do you guys have any? Amazing. You guys are always so much fun, seriously. And at the event, it's great just bumping into everybody and just it's chaotic, right? But it's it's so much fun chaos. So that's all positive. It's never well. Listen, one of the things that we've always said every year is like we want to do more kind of as a podcast at these shows, but they are so busy. Like when you get there, like you have all these plans. Oh, yeah, we'll be able to talk to people. We'll be able to interview people. And it's like it gets so busy that you almost can't do all the things that you want to do. This year, what we would like to have at the very minimum is people stop by our booth and we're going to say, what's in your bag? (laughs) And they're going to just just give us a quick rundown of what's in your bag. So stop by the hunks booth. What's in your bag? Hey, tell us what's in your bag. Thanks, and Gary. Just give us give us a quick rundown so we and we'll get a, a, a some feedback from people, get some uh, some involvement. I hope we can do that. We would love to be able to actually record a podcast, but it's like, man, there's just like so many freaking balls in the air when this weekend starts happening, it's almost impossible to hurt all the cats to, to do something oh, like dude, that. It's, it's in, it's hard to like, it I know. really is. I mean, you look back at it at, at, on Sunday and you're like, wow, like, holy shit. Like that entire weekend went by and I didn't get to do yeah. half of the things that I intended to do. I always, I always try. Year. 
Yeah. yeah. I always try to like with the video thing, like if I'm doing video at a show, I want to do like as much video at the show and like do my, all my talking points at the show, but it never pans out. It never works because you, you know, I spend X amount of time talking to guys and you get into conversations and you want to look at stuff and you want to, it, it just, you never have enough time, mm-hmm. you know, at these shows, like no matter what you plan from a media standpoint, it's not easy to like execute everything. You know, I take pages of notes, not even close. And that's where people don't realize just how much it goes into everything. Like, I can't imagine how much work you've put in, Sean, from like the from just ground zero to today. So, you know, like in a couple of weeks, it'll all be worth it. If there's anything that we can do as the hunks to help out to get the word out more than we are, if there's anything we can do to help set up you know, during the show, if there's anything we can do to, to help you, like we, we really do. We want to be a, an asset to the community. And like, if, if you, if you need help, ask us as opposed to going to other people, you know what I mean? Like, I really, I really do feel that way. Yeah, that absolutely means a lot. I know Ryan and Dan have been involved, you know, instrumentally for the last few years. And I don't want to say we couldn't do it without them, but I'm telling you what, these guys hustle. They really do. They do yeah. an outstanding there's job. A lot of goes. There's a lot that goes into this stuff, man. Let me let me say this too, because I I might have told you this already last year, but like just the fact that we could be involved and help, like you know how Dan is. Like Dan just wants to be at the show, and he'll do whatever it takes to be a part of that. And I feel the same way. Like to me, that is such a privilege and an honor to be a part of this show. And it goes back to what it means to us. Like Dan and I have created so many memories together, like going to Musky Max. I mean, if it wasn't for Dan taking me to Musky Max, I wouldn't have gone into this. Hmm. And that's that's where this is like, that's why I keep telling you, like, this is a huge impact for guys. And, you know, for me personally and for Dan, like, dude, this is our Super Bowl. Like we look forward to this thing every single year. And the fact that we can help. And you, you bring us into that and we'll, we'll do whatever you ask us to do. Like Sean, that can't tell you, like it seriously means everything to us to be involved in that. So seriously, thanks for, for that and, and giving us the opportunity to help out and for giving me some leeway with video. And, you know, that's just, that's a huge deal to me. So can't thank okay. you enough for that. I can't thank you guys enough. Seriously. You, you do a great job helping to co-promote things and, and then being the legs on the ground and, you know, all of that, it really does. And throughout the year, I mean, you guys are always, you're always talking it up. You know, it comes up in conversation. And I, I appreciate that. And just a little story. Like, yeah, we do, we do talk yeah. about Musky Max a lot. <laughs> like, I swear, it's probably like at least once a month where it comes up on our podcast yeah. that Musky Max, because it's, it, it is, man. This is like, it's a touchstone event of our year. And it always has been. And if it weren't, we'd be pretty freaking upset. Well, even when you said that, I know we're we're wrapping up here, but what you said about your dad, I didn't know any of that, you know, about him the first time and it, getting things set up and he felt comfortable yep. with all that. That means so much to hear those things. That's that's really cool. And uh, yep. that's what makes this stuff worthwhile. So appreciate you guys for real. No, man, it's it's true. And 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 honestly, that's why we appreciate you, Sean. That's why we want you to have you on. And like we, we promote the show. We love the show. Because it's this is the lifeblood of of our musky community, to be perfectly honest. 
All good. Yeah, man. I'm freaking pumped up. Like, let's go, Musky Max 2020. And Ryan, you better not touch that beard before Musky Max, man. No. I no, want no, all no. of our listeners. I want all of our listeners to come and check out Ryan Reed's. Beard. I uh, I it is, his, it is a thing of face. Touch his I, face. Don't touch my face. I didn't know. Yeah, already. don't touch someone's face. I had people touching too many. I had no. too many hands on his face, and I got sick. So I don't know where people's <laughs> hands have been. Respect, respect his privacy <laughs> and his personal space, but admire it from afar. Yeah. Thank you for that. I really appreciate you <laughs> putting this out. And I'm not going to shave for Musky Max, but I will shave after. And there's nothing you can do about it. That's <laughs> what mm, you think. Mm-hmm. Well, Sean, this has been a blast, man. I'm really <laughs> looking forward to to Musky Max. I'm looking forward to a new new generation of Musky Max. I guess you know this is just it's not goodbye. It's uh, I, I don't know. Well, we're gonna How do bigger that? and better things. Bigger, better, yeah. baby. It's bigger, fun. better. It's on to bigger and better things. Everybody, come out and see us uh, March second and third at Washington Crown Center. Do you realize two weeks from tonight is uh, Musky Max set up Eve? That's right. oh, yeah. crazy. Oh, yeah. I didn't realize that, and holy shit, that scares me a little bit now. <laughs> I can, I can, I can feel it in my loins. Yeah, down in my plums. plums. My plums. <laughs> All right, boys, you guys take your plums and go to bed. Yeah. Thank you very much for coming Sean. on, Sean. Thank, Sean, thank you, you guys, rock, appreciate man. You. You're awesome, dude. Right. Thanks, Thanks, Sean. Four to one. Take care. <laughs> Thanks, guys. I had to shake them on my last case. Big O don't play.